Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi, I'm Lindsay Katai. And I'm Kelly Nugent, and we co-host the podcast Teen Creeps. We talk about YA Pulp Fiction, but this week we took a little detour to talk about the 1996 classic, The Craft. And we were joined by our movie expert, Oscar Montoya. Yes, yes. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. so fun. We covered a lot. We talked about how Ski Ulrich is hot now for some of us, but also maybe this is the last time we'll ever podcast together. (laughs) We talked about what we would do if we had the power of Manon within us. We talked about the real um, black girl magic, which is never aging. We talked about how the scariest part of kissing someone is if you are wearing a heavy lip. And the lipstick is gone after you kiss. We talked about wet pet San Pablo. <laughs> we talked about Fruza Balk being truly a goddess. Legendary. So if any of that appeals to you, which it does and should and also does, you should check us out this week on Teen Creeps right here on the Forever Dog Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. Keep it creepy. Forever. Warning, the following episode contains a mercurial casino magnate, a guest-crushing parade, dozens of animals wearing neckties, and two elderly men in sweaters playing God with their pencils. Yabba-dabba-doo, it's the fantastic world of Hanna-Barbera on podcast The Ride. Welcome to Podcast the Ride, the theme park podcast hosted by Mike Carlson, Scott Gairner, and Elroy Jetson himself, <laughs> Jason Sheridan. <laughs> Let's get it out of the way. I, see, I thought you were going to go with a, with a line about a double-decker salami and cheese sandwich. I could have done I that. Was. That's something that he's uh, after in the show, that's in the pre-show. Some, yeah, in the pre-show, Yogi is like eyeing a, a guy's sandwich in the queue line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, You're kind of, I, don't, I mean, it's tempting to say you have boo-boo aspects but i yeah. think i think yogi has the greater hunger right. so yeah. you have to merge some characters to make it work and i am a little peckish so uh <laughs> i've always said to your that you're peckish i describe you as that yes yeah 
<laughs> uh, uh, I, I enjoyed that. That's great. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was, I felt a little bit like blunt, but I got like, I was trying to be clever or something. I'm like, oh, I'll just call Jason Elroy. Don't, <laughs> don't stop there, Mr. Barbera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I yeah, gonna, I know. We, uh, uh, well, thanks so much for uh, Mike for drawing both of us at the, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> before we started recording. Sure. sure. Filling in our body and using the paintbrush that contains all of the colors. Of course. But um, not erasing us because then you would get a, have a lawsuit from the uh, Looney Tunes uh, Warner Brothers animation for that gimmick. Mm-hmm. You mean like uh, you're talking about like the there's that one where they draw Daffy Duck and then they erase oh, the a famous little... one. Yeah, the I famous see. One. Yes, the yeah. cartoon. Oh yeah, yeah. It is kind of in that zone. Yeah. Well, we're talking about some gags that are uh, in the pre-show of today's topic: the fantastic world of Hanna Barbera. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and tell you guys right now: my all, uh, the vast majority of what I have to talk about is the pre-show. Uh, I'm very pre-show focused. Today. <laughs> oh, okay. there, there is. A, yeah, the pre-show is the more interesting part of the ride. To, I was to me. No, but I I would agree with you because I spend mm-hmm. a lot more time looking at that. I watched the ride itself, which is a 3D ride. It's very universal, ugh, universal-ish mm-hmm. in its tricks and its 3D simulator type thing. Um, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> All right, everybody. We're going on a fine <laughs> ride today. I got very interested in the the history of the company, Hanna-Barbera, because oh, they sure, really yeah. okay. saw every every iteration of animation in America, hmm. like post-war, I guess even some pre-war uh, or some during the war America, hmm. but... Well, that, that's that's all news to me. This will be stuff that, that I don't know. Uh, um, but really fast before we get into all that, Jason, you're talking about studios and lawsuits. Mm-hmm. There's a big thing going on right now that I wanted to uh, to address that our l- listeners might not know about. Uh, uh, a little bit less smooth of a uh, uh, an agreement than the one between <laughs> Universal Studios and Hanna-Barbera. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about uh, something that's going on right now with a place called Fox World Malaysia. <laughs> Malaysia. Uh, this is this is a really fun story that's fun for us to listen to. Probably not fun. Less for the, fun for the residents of Kuala Lumpur. Mm-hmm. Or an, an hour or so outside of it, which is where this park is being built. We're going to have to put the pause button on what exactly is going on, because I think nobody's sure at this point what's going on. Uh, um, but yeah, this is a it's intended to be the first Fox theme park uh in the world they've never they've licensed their properties to other things but they've never specifically made an entire fox world and uh uh, in 2013 they set out to do so and reached out to a company uh uh, called genting resorts world genting and the list of what they have done is very long there's like a ton of but it's mostly international stuff in singapore that i believe they uh uh, are mostly owned or or entirely own universal in singapore uh um in america here in america they own the foxwoods casino and uh uh uh-huh and uh and norwegian cruises they're ultimately the parent company of sure wow um yeah but so but they're mainly like a casino entity and they their main their like most ambitious campus is in the the mountains up above Kuala Lumpur you have to take essentially what, what's the Disney thing the Skyliner yeah uh, it's it's those kind of cars to get up into the mountains the, to gondola. get the gondolas yeah yeah uh, um, to get to this this magical world of a, a giant casino uh, there's a uh, there's indoor skiing up there there's a uh, an already an indoor theme park there called Sky 
Skytropolis, which is confusing <laughs> that a sky themed park mm-hmm. would have a roof on it. But that's what they went with. Uh, they have the void there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, there. There's there's all kinds of crazy stuff. But the crown jewel of it was to be Fox World Malaysia. However, in the last few months, it has all fallen apart with a series of lawsuits that goes both ways. Fox v. Genting, Genting v. Fox. And we sent, we were passing this link around because of a couple pretty interesting details of what Fox is alleging. Uh, um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, feel free to say what I mean, sh- I could say, well, I, I just the Variety article has a wonderful sentence in it where it just says in a counter lawsuit filed on Wednesday, Fox alleges that the project was doomed by Lim Cockthay, the mercurial <laughs> chairman of casino conglomerate Genting Malaysia Bearhat. Now, who among us has not been fooled or tricked? By the mercurial Limcockthay. They say he's been around for thousands of years, inhabiting new bodies and being reincarnated, tricking people left and right. It it was just a little like I sometimes like the journalistic language of like these dry reporting articles end up with these weird turn of phrases (laughs) where it's like, yes, that is not too judgmental. That's that seems, quote unquote, objective. But like the mercurial cheer. It really makes him sound mischievous. <laughs> the mercur- their mercurial Malaysian casino chairman, Lim Kok Thay, you yeah. think has a ring to it that it's hard to be objective about. Right. Uh, um, yeah. It's well, you know, th- this brings me to my bigger point, which is that we came across an article that is very much on the Fox side of things, presumably because it was in a Hollywood trade. So they're going to take the side of the studio and the evidence they present admittedly is uh, does not look good for resorts world Genting. Uh, some of the things that they that the lawsuit alleges is that uh, uh, there are cars on some rides with bubbling paint it's set to open by the way they've pushed back the date it was going to open mm. several times the original goal was like fall 2017 now they and then they just kept keep kicking it down the curve it was maybe looking like February 2019 clearly not going to happen uh, so bubbling paint on a car is a problem uh, there was a ride built without an emergency exit that's my favorite <laughs> <laughs> Even though all of the plans that they had looked at contained the emergency exit, somehow they're walking around the physical space and there is not one. Well, the bubbling paint, they just call Pixar peering it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we allow it when it's companies we trust. Sure. But when it's, uh, <laughs> they at least built emergency exit at Pixar. <laughs> well, those were less. We've never had to try I guess one. They were, already. they were already there. They didn't have to build new ones. When are they going to mm. plus up the emergency exit? <laughs> <laughs> they need we to add will... Garland's voice. Uh, to the Midway Mania. This way! You can do it! Uh, they... I would think that we should do an episode on emergency exits at a certain point. Maybe Patreon Maybe. only. Maybe. Let's hope yeah. that, that episode is not forced by some traumatic event that oh, we yeah, all that we participate in. That would be uh, inappropriate. Let's, let's make it our our decision when the, we do the emergency the exit show. Too trampling. <laughs> oh no! This is too real. I feel like it's yeah. extremely possible. Yeah. Will Star Wars Galaxy's Edge make it a year without a death? <laughs> Because um, it's not going to be a ride. I don't yeah, think. I don't think the ad ad's going to fall on anybody. It's yeah, the rides don't seem like control. they're that dangerous. Mm-hmm. But the, the mass of humanity, yes, very. Yeah, yeah, extremely possible. Will it be us? Could it be us? Uh, time will tell. It wouldn't um, be the worst way to go. <laughs> at least I got to see you know half of a fake cliff, yeah. but I didn't make it in. But um, and then. Uh, 
Well, I'll, I'll save my my two favorite things for last. Amazingly, this is not my favorite shitty detail. A ride called Scrat's Nutty Adventure, <laughs> placed on Ice Age, was built with visible patchwork on the mountain facade. Not Galaxy's Edge quality. No. Um, uh, but And then, also, <laughs> there were parade floats built that were so wide that spectators would not fit on the sidewalk. <laughs> it's so it's so it's amazing. This is so great. And the problem was flagged apparently. They said, "Isn't that going to be too wide?" Eh, don't worry. And then they brought them in and it they did fit down the street. Yes, but without any room for anyone to stand <laughs> on the street. And I think in the in the legal document, by the way, I read both legal documents. No, wow. I mean, not word for word. There's a lot of legalese yeah. in there. Uh, I'll go to law school and then uh, be able to fully comprehend it but uh uh, (laughs) but seeing that explain that like you know uh there was no room for spectators thus defeating the purpose of a parade um (laughs) really enjoyed seeing that in a legal document but i also enjoyed imagining like look honey here comes the parade oh god (laughs) no No, (laughs) what was do we know what the float was i I don't know i mean it's something Fox affiliated so right. it could have been I'm hoping okay there were going to be things in this park uh, centered around the film epic uh, an epic oh, yeah. features uh, my favorite character my favorite anime character of the last decade the famous Nimglu uh, voiced by Steven Tyler oh, yeah. um, which I may have talked about before if I haven't there's this EPK that I love where he where Steven Tyler says like I've always wanted to be one of those animated characters I got my wish I'm I'm Nimglu <laughs> and then he scats for a while which one was epic I uh I only know it because I saw it randomly in a hotel That's... room. It, it oh well, the characters. I watched a press conference of the uh, we're announcing Fox World Malaysia, and a bunch of characters come out, and a voiceover person is like, "Please welcome Scrat from Rio." Uh, you know, uh, Pepe, I don't know who's in Rio. And then like, and then the Leaf Soldiers from Epic. Oh, I do know this. I forgot one of my uh, things at my old job. I used to have to put, uh, like... Master archival digital copies of 20th Century Fox film under multiple levels of encryption on hard drives to sh- to ship across the city. Whoa! I don't quite know why they weren't sending these digitally, mm-hmm. but I remember Epic in a dozen different languages. If anyone got a, if anyone found out what happened to each Leaf soldier before <laughs> the events of Epic played out? Um, so what I yeah I think maybe like. It, they were the park didn't oh has not opened but there was a strong risk of a child <sighs> suffocating on the nim galoo's big foot <laughs> um, so you can't open a park in those conditions and then finally the one i actually grazed over this jason but you pointed out the best detail in the article which is the the show oh yeah <laughs> that there was uh i'll just read from the legal document demonstrating how little thought it gave to the integrity of Fox's intellectual property, Genting proposed taking some of Fox's most significant science fiction film properties, Alien, 
Predator and Alien versus Predator <laughs> and using the main characters in a cruise ship style dance show featuring a dancing alien and predator. I mean, there's so many levels. One, that they're concerned about the quote unquote integrity of Alien and Predator and Alien versus Predator. We all know Alien versus Predator. There is no film with higher integrity, more yeah. integrity per second than in anything else committed to celluloid. Uh, uh, and the other thing. What is the phrase cruise ship style <laughs> dance show? Now, I have been mm. on one cruise in my life, actually, a Nor- Norwegian cruise line oh, no cruise kidding. many, uh, many years okay. ago. Kenting thanks you. Um, and I don't, I, I guess it would just be like, all right, we're going to have a dance contest and maybe limbo and maybe like people join along. Like, oh my I God, like a not. conga line with the, maybe pre- with the predator? With the predator? <laughs> I mean, that's all I can think of. When they say cruise ship, doesn't that mean like kind of almost a review type show where it's not a full Broadway production? Oh, that's possible. Oh, yeah. I see. It's just, a greatest hit sort that's of. That's sort of what I think, but maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? It's I think Disney's, bridged, starting, Disney's yeah. starting to do more like full musicals on the cruises but so would have been like a history of broadway right. as done via alien sings uh we're in the money he like <laughs> picks up the knit like the fit like in 42nd street picks up and like oh gosh it's a nickel and then what? that's how they go we were in the money the xenomorph also, would it have sung like would it have like <laughs> Like, because it never has a voice in the movies. <laughs> That's true. So I would bet, they have just done a fun, vo- funny voice? I bet you could fake it. I bet it would start like that and then clear, clear its throat. And then it's got a beautiful <laughs> oh, right? oh, slime in there. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, and then yeah. uh, uh, one chorus line of people. <laughs> and then, right at the moment, the little mouth comes out and sings, "We've got a lot of what it takes to <laughs> oh, get that's along." Good. Holy shit! You should be writing this. <laughs> yeah. The this, idea that this was going to be a bad show. No, Fox, yeah. Get over yourselves. This would have been great. Every every <laughs> it would have it would have been viral. People would have been talking about it. Yeah. The audience would have standing ovation for the little mouth. Alien singing. a Predator doing the floss dance, hitting the dab. Oh, I wow. mean, people would have been losing their minds. I got yeah. like all of this so many of the the stuff we talked about and liked and like the the commentary we did on the parades, like so much of that has fallen by the wayside because companies are concerned about the integrity of their intellectual property and it's so boring yeah bullshit i'm a big proponent of the star wars holiday special i wish things were that fun ever i mean does it suck yeah but Mm -hmm. it's such a blast i don't want to weigh in either way i don't hate the the new movies or the or the prequels as much as anybody you know whatever i will say this i would rather watch the star wars holiday special than any of one through three or seven and eight (laughs) Mm, or I think solo that's a Star Wars story. Sure. Hmm. Uh, I don't think we'll ever have a fun Star Wars movie ever. I no, don't think it'll ever sure happen. Yeah. They're making damn sure. If they did a holiday overlay of Galaxy's Edge, of Life Day, of the Wookiee holiday, like oh, people, people would have lose said that. Yeah. their minds. Like doing like just a purposefully kind of campy, like just for this, we know yeah. that it's a little silly. I mean, look what Spider-Verse yeah. did. Spider-Verse had fun they put the fun on to uh, spider ham he gets to mm. have fun yeah and then but the, miles morales can still be vaguely serious vaguely they, they need to like find like if yeah if there was a if just for the holidays can 
Tina overlay of Life Day. Of yeah. course. And it's People a little are. like sh- it's a little show over in the corner. Uh, yeah, that would be wonderful. I don't know. I think Star Wars is going to have to really head it like money wise head into the toilet before we get fun stuff. Yeah, they have to like be throwing everything at the wall. Yeah, because that's when fun stuff happens, which I have a perfect transition back to Hanna-Barbera. But are we, I don't know. Are we done talking about Malaysia? I've got a tiny bit more. Yeah, let's go I, more. Uh, then I'll remind me of how good the transition would have been. OK. OK, yeah. so we'll go. But keep going with oh, Malaysia. So I'm still going to give you the transition. Uh, well yeah maybe give it to me again or whatever we'll keep talking about fox malaysia okay well you know i don't there's not much more to say other than uh uh, just a couple points i it was as i said very one-sided seemed like genting's problem however genting was the first to sue fox and i read that legal document and what that paints is a picture of a giant conglomerate that is not being responsive, that's not being helpful, that's not giving like style guides of characters and logos. They didn't even like send a proper 3D rendering of what the 20th Century Fox, uh, uh, you know, the sign with the searchlights, that was going to be the big fountain at the entrance. They didn't send like the specs on that. So it got built weird because they had deadlines to hit <laughs> and they were like, this is wrong. Well, why didn't you send us anything? And they'd, you know, like, th- like they'd say things like this character is too chubby or this shade of yellow is too saturated but then not provide the proper color to use instead or Mm. presiding more precise direction right uh if anyone listening has ever dealt with a major company of fox level and can imagine that company being very disorganized and unhelpful (laughs) i can believe this very easily and putting all of the blame on this place and and like noting things there's all this stuff where they like rejected an entire attraction design because they didn't like where the ac unit went or they'd go like where are the speakers going and they were like well we don't address that till like three months down the line rejected so the park being a disaster and not opening for many, many months, very, very possibly due to Fox like incompetence uh-huh. and uh, uh, and things like them saying we want a Percy Jackson ride. And they thought of a <laughs> Percy Jackson ride and then changed their mind and said, never mind. We wanted this to be an Independence Day ride. Not an easy change to Whoa. make. Uh, um, however, it would have resulted in the attraction Independence Day defiance. Hell of a ride. I want that ride, whatever that is. Well, and so let me tell you then, like this whole thing, this is beyond just like, you know, as a couple attractions. This is like a 25 attractions at least. Man. And about a year ago, we did a whole like, what if there was a Fox theme park? Thanks to the Disney merger. A lot of it was going to be there. There's alien <laughs> rides. There's something called Aliens Terraforma. There's the epic hummingbird flyer. Uh, uh, there's uh, ESD Global Defenders. You, of course, know that in the second Independence Day, oh. the ESD stands for, for Earth the, Space, Earth Space Defender. Defense. Yeah. We, we all know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I watch that. I watch that movie all the way through. Oof. And yeah, it's not great. Once the giant alien starts chasing the school bus driven by Judd Hirsch around the desert. Hurry, Judd. Hurry, Judd. As we go back to Area 51. Like, is that what the ride is? You're on the school bus with Judd Hirsch? I mean, uh, could oh, you imagine? Oh, man. There's a robot Judd Hirsch driving a bus <laughs> and then you have to load onto it. That would be amazing. And he has to keep like breaking and adjusting his glasses and mm-hmm. popping heart medicine. Talking about his son, David. <laughs> He's very impressive. He knows everything about cable. I wish he was around now, but we didn't get the license for him. <laughs> uh, um, there was a, a ride called Big Weld's Zeppelins. 
you know, big weld guys, obviously Mel Brooks's character, beloved uh, uh, CEO character from Robots. No, of you're going to meet big oh, weld. Yeah. Oh, right. okay, uh, uh, there was a Planet of the Apes thing. There was a, a big uh, uh, water show called the Century City Lake Spectacular. There's no Whoa. lake in the real Century yeah, City. Say, no. What could that be based on? Um, don't know. The general notion of Century City existing uh-huh. being a cool name. There and a night at the museum shooting game. Like their midway mania was for night at the museum. Huh. Um, so hmm. so all of this stuff was getting prepared. And fi- I'm sorry. You know, there's more here than I even realized. There was going to be. Okay, let me spell this out. A ride built by the company Dynamic Attractions. Mm -hmm. And what this was going to be was very much a Radiator Springs Racers. And it's even in like a canyon area, which they have built. There is this fully built canyon and a track on top of a hill in Malaysia. And it was going to have this special type of ride vehicle that can do jumps and is articulated. What I'm saying is this is the Donkey Kong ride vehicle and oh. it was going to open there first wow. for a ride based on sons of anarchy <laughs> what yeah i mean that's not a bad idea honestly but no. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and they built this entire canyon this is ice age mountain like a coaster that goes in and out of the mountain yeah the and concept art wow. is cool on the yes. ice age uh, uh thing yeah. i would love to ride the sons of anarchy colon riding down this road e-ticket attraction like is that the name i don't know i'm guessing that's the first <laughs> lyric of the theme song um I man, that is crazy. This dynamic is, attractions, not a dog at like a two bit dog and pun. That's a real themed entertainment yeah. design yeah. company. This yeah. I think this park was gonna be good. Yeah. It seems like claustrophobic, like it's jammed into a very small space, but there's overheads. And what's so crazy is these gondolas have been passing over the construction area wow. for months. So anybody can get up there, take pictures of this thing, and it's like it looks better than California Adventure did on day one. So yeah. So anyway, what ends up happening is Fox is not happy with the quality of things, but Genting is blaming them. Uh, and I I don't know. I hear what they're saying. They, it seems like Fox was kind of difficult. And then suddenly Disney swoops in. Mm-hmm. We're buying Fox. Wait a minute. Sorry. You're building a theme park with a casino company in a <laughs> casino, like next to a casino in a casino town. I don't think so, because apparently I didn't know this. Disney has a lot of problems with casinos in general and has tried to push them out of Orlando and anywhere oh. near oh, yes. a Disney park. Yeah, they're part of a massive like uh, group in Orlando trying to keep casinos out. Oh, really? Of, okay. Of Disney and and various other businesses trying to keep keep them out. I see. Are and there it- casinos on the Disney cruise ships? I would would have to think not. I would guess not, but most cruise ships usually do have them. Do we know why Disney's trying to keep the casinos out? I would imagine there has to be some sort of reason of like, it's not some altruistic reason. It's probably some reason of like... I would think optics at the very least of like Mickey Mouse... Like Mickey Mouse on tokens or Mickey Mouse. Oh, well, I understand like not having a Disney casino. But I mean like just having uh, casinos around... They don't have it's not only that they don't want casinos around they when they bought Star Wars and Lucasfilm they got rid of all slot machines oh interesting uh, related to Star Wars hmm. so they want zero wow. crossover to this area okay guess you're right so maybe it's morality quote unquote but it's yeah I know it's got to be something more like in Orlando's case they just don't want the competition for people going there instead of Disney World right but is it like the casinos then have to 
like will end up giving more like taxes to the local government. You know what I mean? Isn't there some there's I feel like there's always some secret reason of like if people swoop in all of a sudden, like those people are going to be giving the government taxes and the Disney will have to pay. Like there's something somehow it raises the wealth of the state and now the minimum wage goes up or uh, right. There's some tricky thing in there. That's what my guess is. But I could be wrong. Maybe it's just a holdover thing from years ago. I think so. So in order to. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Uphold their family friendly morality. They have to break billion dollar contracts and <laughs> leave a theme park sit rotting on top of a mountain. Uh, um, so there's all this back and forth. And now what you have is a fully built, good looking theme park that's just like, well, I don't know. We're going to keep building it and see what happens. <laughs> and it and it's a possibility that another company like Universal or maybe even Six Flags moves in and just has the, like, you know, it's like, it's like moving into a, a house you didn't have to pay for the construction of. Yeah. Is there a chance that it just becomes a freestyle music park? Oh, man. Well, don't tempt <laughs> us. Well, or if we keep going... I mean, come on. Why? Maybe this is the place to launch. Well, yeah. Hard Rock Park 2.0. Because, yeah, you could do like turn the Sons of Anarchy ride into the leader of the pack ride. <laughs> you know, I think there's a lot of stuff. Like see that that ending, it doesn't end too well, though. That well, song. We could change. I mean, happy ending. We're changing, changing it to a happy ending. ending. Oh, okay. Or yeah, it's yeah. like Toad and you end up in hell. That's true. Truthfully, I'm not quite sure how Sons of Anarchy ended. I've only seen like stray episodes here or there. Oh, but son, we don't. We're leader of the packs. The IP. Yeah. Your okay. goal is to be the, not the leader of the pack. Like you don't want to be the yeah, one exactly. who dies. Yes, exactly. So the lo- unlike Creator Springs Racer, the loser dies. But at least yeah. you get a song written about you. Mm-hmm. And I also think with a mountain with a coaster weaving in and out of it. Perfect place for Led Zeppelin the ride too, of course. You've got all yeah. kind of on the mountain snow. It's like, <laughs> ex- like exactly. Yeah. It's perfect for that. Um, and then, and you've already got a Zeppelin ride. You just convert. Uh, what's his name? Hotbot. Uh, Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks, Brooks character. Uh, the Brooksatron. Big Weld. Big Weld. Thank you. Big uh, Weld. That's a Zeppelin ride already. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, I think it's easy. I think it's easy. Let's get Bing. I mean, I know Binkowski didn't buy. He wasn't responsible for freestyle music, but maybe he could put us in touch with the freestyle music. Or no, no, wait, Binkowski. We got to get Binkowski. What am I saying? Of Of course, course. we got to get Binkowski. And and you go and he's probably already like on top of a mountain in Malaysia. He's like been living in solitude for five years. Oh yeah, meditating and like and you know perfecting his uh, martial arts skills. So he's going to be like. 
like, excuse me, are you are you John Binkowski? And he turns around like the yeah, right. like the nomad who like I I used to be. <laughs> I haven't been for a long haven't time. Haven't heard that name in a lifetime. Excuse me, sir, are you made of pure light? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've been up here uh, meditating for so long. I'm just pure energy. I mean, I'm gonna toss out a new generation ride, because uh, it's um uh, perplexingly such a huge hit uh bohemian rhapsody ride just based on that one scene that's been going around twitter the last few days of like the they're at a restaurant and there's just so many edits so, yeah. they cut to everyone talking and i know it, exactly what we are yeah we're a band for outcasts <laughs> and anyone who feels like an outcast is because uh, we're because we are outcasts ourselves <laughs> What is this voice? I don't. This what is this Oscar winning voice? I don't know. I still haven't watched it yet. Um, so you're saying? Uh, um, I mean, one of the is probably some other mountain that is you know it's Scaramouche's lair. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I don't know who's considered the villain of the song Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, that's oh, a good question. Sure. Uh, um, but you you know you meet all of them uh, uh, and you do and there's a dance show where you learn how to do the fandango. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a cruise ship style conga line, and then you are turned around and given a mic stand, and you have to uh, do the Live Aid performance. <laughs> Remember, you haven't played together in many years, although that's not true. Now go. Um, maybe okay. If, instead of Alien versus Predator, how about Freddy? Mercury, not Freddie the villain. Uh, Freddie, mm. Freddie Mercury versus the villainous music executive Ray Foster, oh, yeah. as played by Mike Myers, <laughs> not a real person who existed mm-hmm. in real life. Oh man, really? There's fictional people in this too. Yeah, screen or what I get movie? No, he no, hasn't I seen any of it. Oh, it's a composite character, to be fair to oh, the movie. Okay, um, based on generally the idea of based a bad on executive, a bad executive that exi- could exist, based possibly. partially on the real head of their record label, and based partially on uh, Chairman Lim Cockthey, <laughs> <laughs> who also found mercurial. 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 Oh, wow! But you know, very mercurial, Freddie. I would say, <laughs> you know, every time like there's some uh, uh, funny business in the theme park world and there's plenty of funny business in the domestic parks, the American parks. Uh, uh, I try not to to, you know, I try to be cognizant of like a Western worldview. And it's like, look, not every theme park outside of America is a scam. <laughs> there has been a number of scams. That mm, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a big announcement recently about Lionsgate opening an Asia park, and I I meant to tweet this out recently. Have we seen any updates on that Times Square Lionsgate thing from oh, one of our very first episodes? I don't know. So mm. it seems like Lionsgate Asia further along than a yeah. Lionsgate Times Square. So this is the type of pro- I think I said this on our text chain. I said this is the type of project I imagine we could have a shot at designing some, maybe not this level, but something overseas with some properties, like just some very rich person, like is fooled into somebody else by getting us. And then we just design the whole park and the whole thing falls apart very quickly. Maybe like literally it opens and all the walls just collapse. It's like they didn't hire any engineers. They just hired us. And then they like fly us out. And we're like, Oh great. We'll supervise the engineers. And they're like, no, it's you three. You're building it. Like something weird like that. I do feel like that's possible. Possible where we get hired to do something. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I sent. There was another, a smaller indoor thing that the Marvel theme thing that fell apart oh, yeah, in, I believe, yeah. Thailand. And it seemed to mostly be like one or two simulators and then a large shop and some very 
very poorly made statues. But yeah. it, it cost a lot to get into. Essentially, you had to pay essentially to get it. You were essentially paying to go into a large store, <laughs> but a significant <laughs> amount of money based on like this is what the average resident of Thailand makes in a day. You you had to pay that to get into this glorified shopping experience <laughs> or something. They're like, well, it fell apart. We don't know what happened, and everyone else is like, yeah, we we know what happened. <laughs> There is something weirder about the foreign ones or that the universal uh, Dubai where they built only the gates and then (laughs) none of the rest. Uh So it's just a field with the universal (laughs) gate. Okay, so there's some pretty funny. Yeah, they're kind of. This is a whole episode set down the line, like all of the bizarre collapses. Uh, um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, yeah, not all of them are. Like, even the Fox lawsuit mentions how we trusted this place, uh, Genting, because they did a a pretty good job with Universal Singapore. Mm -hmm. It's fairly well regarded. Um, so what happened here? So Genty, yeah, Genty, we don't exactly know, but Genting did a good job. It's not necessarily, maybe they did a maybe, good job. But we on don't the know. flip side, you talk about us building the place. According to this thing, buildings would get built like f- many feet taller than the facade <laughs> that they were stored in. So that makes me feel like, have, let us add it. So yeah, I think sure. we could build this thing. Well, it seemed like they also too were kind of hearkening back to the original Disney method of like, build it, it doesn't work, okay, scrap it, rebuild it, like a little more finding it on your feet yeah but with construction that's kind of a weird thing to say it's but, really uh, weird because it seems like there are several buildings in this park that were fully built uh, they had complaints all right tear it all down the yeah. disney does still disney like tries to repurpose a building instead of rebuilding right. it from scratch that's so weird yeah how they have the money to just and there's a lot the lawsuits that are going around are all like they're in the billion dollar territory this is so much money <laughs> we're talking about uh-huh. um Man. so next don't make this mistake again any other studio higher ptr construction us yeah i mean we've heard uh, we've we get some rumblings we get some emails that you know some imaginary types uh listen to the show um but do any very rich saudi princes listen to the show do any had do any mercurial leaders listen to the show if they if that if that's you and you want your own theme park and you want it to be designed by some real experts contact us at podcast ride at gmail.com <laughs> our official email address subject line i i am a nigerian billionaire yeah. press uh, right. interested in helping you with your endeavors help it help. i have 30 million dollars in a bank account for yeah. you please uh, ptr come to brazil help us build bolsonaro land all right now we'll let the offers slide in I all guess. right let's open right. every email um, on uh, all of our computers. Yeah. Viruses be damned. Uh, Mike, that transition. Mike, you were, that, okay, transition. that was 20 minutes ago, but I was going to say run this back. one of the, uh, we were talking about how Star Wars wasn't going to be fun until it tanked. Mm-hmm. The Hanna-Barbera characters are in this spot right now mm. where they haven't been used in weird in, in interesting ways. Or no, excuse me. They just haven't been used in a while in, in any like big media. So they've been used in interesting ways in the comics. We talked a little oh, bit. Oh, yes. Because you had a copy of something that caught my eye on your, on yes. your uh, table. Uh, it was a graphic novel where Snagglepuss is a gay playwright. Uh, and he's like a very like kind of 
Truman Capote Truman type. Capote type and like Huckleberry Hound is gay in it and he's like his good friend and it's like a very heavy it's a real it sounds like you know Snagglepuss you think it's gonna be uh, fun and silly but it's a very heavy story it's good wow uh, there's a cool Flint, I haven't read it but I suppose like a cool Flintstones thing that I think Tom King wrote yeah uh, there's a rough and ready comic where it's like the sunshine boys where they're oh, like that's getting great. back really? together uh, uh, they were the stars of an old TV show and they're getting back together even though they kind of hate each other uh, which I didn't realize rough and ready was the original Hanna-Barbera TV show uh, uh, reading about this oh yeah oh interesting huh. so yeah so Hanna-Barbera is in that spot right now where like they haven't been you they heard there isn't like a big Hanna Barbera movie in the last so many years, or no, yeah. And so let's have some fun with them. Absolutely, yeah. yeah why not, why not? loosen those reins? And aren't they- I would love to take a crack at. I was a big Hanna Barbera kid because okay. they made. I mean, <laughs> it's like fifty years this company making cartoons, and like the rise of cable TV. Um, I feel like the Hanna Barbera stuff was just in syndication all the time. Yeah, until it kind of all got vacuumed up by uh, Turner and used as the backbone to start Cartoon Network because, oh, like, sure. the Hanna Barbera yeah. cartoons were like the main stuff on Cartoon Network, and even I believe helped Cartoon Network start to make their own original stuff, like Johnny Bravo and everything. Let's uh-huh. uh, let's just for in case there's kids listening that might oh, not sure. even know what Hanna Barbera is. Let's list some of the main so properties. Hanna-Barbera, I mean, their first thing they created Tom and Jerry. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, that's how they made their name, making the Tom and Jerry cartoons. Oh my gosh! For like so it wasn't their years. company, but there are no. They were it? no. They were making uh, making them for one of the studios. I okay. forget whether it was MGM or Paramount. Wow. Wow. I didn't. So they I were making that. it for one of the. They were making all this stuff and then struck out on their own with a third guy. Gotcha. To start okay. their own company. Ah. Now the interesting thing is there the budget for like the average Tom and Jerry short was about. $35,000 I was reading uh, to make a five minute rough and ready maybe the Tom and Jerry shorts were like seven minutes five minute rough and ready short their budget was $3,000 so what? they that's they they kind of got uh, known for the the limited animation style where it's like a cell you would only be animating like the top half of Top Cat <laughs> or okay. Snagglepuss but the bottom half would be stationary so maybe people aren't walking if they don't have to walk if yeah. we're doing they, I feel like I associate Hannibal Barbera with the, the the chasing that repeats the hallway <laughs> yeah. the Scooby-Doo thing. Um, what's Rough and Ready? Rough and Ready, weren't they... Uh, it was a cat and a dog. Yeah, they were like... I don't have a... Oh, that's a tiny picture. Uh, uh, if you can <laughs> see not, that. I'm it so far away from it. comically small. <laughs> that's the one on Wikipedia. What um, am I going to do here? I... Uh, I mean, you get it's a cat and a dog. Yeah, all right, yeah. Sure. cat and a dog. I mean, the big, the big Warner Brothers things. Uh, Flintstones, the first prime time cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jetsons, oh. another prime time. Yeah, cartoon. And Huckleberry then Hound. Huckleberry yeah. Hound. They did a lot of. Um, I I didn't. This didn't dawn on me until reading about it. Like they had these longer length shows, and then they had other shows where it was like three shorts packaged together. That's so, that's a good because I don't. 
always know. Obviously, there was the Flintstones and the Jetsons. Yeah. But a lot of these other characters, I don't know where they live and how they existed and were even the the characters in the ride, Dick Dastardly and, and Muttley. I wasn't exactly sure or, what, how they factored in. So some of these things were wacky racers. Wacky racers. Wacky racers. Yeah. Wacky so, racers. But I, they would just start churning out like stuff once the saturday morning cartoon boom started like hanna barbera was just churning out characters and shows it's crazy because if i just like we've mentioned the big ones but like if these names magilla gorilla johnny quest uh they had a laurel and hardy show they were a space ghost they had Birdman. they had shazan which is uh like a genie man who i think is the Model for Robert Smigel's Shazang cartoon. Which oh, yeah, is yeah, yeah. insane where he beats up. Uh, <laughs> they did a Fantastic Four cartoon. They uh, did Wacky Races. They did the Smurfs. The Smurfs, originally a Belgian comic adapted into a cartoon mm-hmm. by Hanna Barbera. Uh, they did Laverne and Shirley in the yes. Army. What? And Fonzie, the Fonzie and the Happy Days gang cartoon. And they did Partridge Family 2200 AD. <laughs> Hold on, what? <laughs> we a, should a go. Little familiar. It to me. was overwhelming reading everything Hanna Barbera made. Like part and, of that, again, a tiny graphic. I'm going to show you, Scott. But it's obviously Jetsons with the Partridge Family cartoon. Like, wow, an insane. Also, possibly the impetus for another Smigel one that I love, Lady Smith, Black Mombazo, oh. and Outer Space. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> In the top ten of Smigel, yeah. Cartoons. Sure. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, even in the nineties, I didn't realize they did SWAT cats. They did SWAT cats. They would play SWAT <laughs> cats, uh, commercials in the line for the fantastic world of yes. Hanna-Barbera ride. And SWAT cats was just like a Ninja Turtle ripoff, like uh biker mice from Mars or oh, just okay. anthropomorphic yeah. animals, but they were like tough guys, animals. Huh? Also worth mentioning the the studio if you're in the Los Angeles area. I don't remember which building if it is the literal LA Fitness at the bottom of the hill uh, on uh, on Barham, like below Universal Studios, but like right like yeah. right under Universal Studios. If it, either it's the LA Fitness or like is the adjacent buildings, um, the buildings are there, but it's not Anna Barbera and hasn't right. been for a long time. But like yeah, they were they were next door neighbors of Universal Studios, uh, and they're uh, in, and the, and the buildings around there are very like '60s mods, so you can't imagine this is where the Jetsons was made or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah, the Wikipedia page for Hanna-Barbera had a picture of the studio building in like 2007 and mentioned it It was in the Cahuenga Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have still been area. Yeah, I'm so totally I sure. don't... Uh, it looked really neat and it's crazy that... And they were there for a long time until they got absorbed into um, whatever Turner entity. Yeah, I don't Hanna-Barbera, know where they ended up. Hanna-Barbera owned for many years by Taft Communications. They came up on the King's Island uh, uh, episode. Oh, that's right. Which is why they were featured. That was their first theme park featuring was in King's Island. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Taft got bought by Turner. And then Turner got bought by Time Warner. It kind of gets murky in the 90s. Yeah, they they trade hands a lot in their theme park history changes a lot which is why it's you know the fantastic world of Hanna Barbera ends up being their like primary theme yeah. park entry they exist in all these there's a bunch of odd little rides but this is probably the most concerted and there's a lot of bizarre like Flintstones is all over the map and there's this Flintstones park somewhere that just closed yes but this one's this is probably 
oddly the main way the Flintstones exist in theme park worlds, even though yeah. they're only only a third of the ride is the Flintstones. I really I, we should also maybe account for that. Very possibly people do not know this ride, and I wouldn't blame them because oh, it's sure. been closed since yeah two thousand or something. Uh, two thousand two. It, it was it was open a lot longer than I thought. It, it open. It was an open day. Universal Orlando attraction, mm-hmm. the kids attraction, in addition to E.T. and uh, Nickelodeon Studios. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and it, it closed in 2002, so it was there 1990 to 2002. It's like 12 years, and that's well, also about how long uh, the Jimmy Neutron ride that replaced it lasted about 11 okay. years huh. or so. Gotcha. A long uh, time. Um, yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's, I did not know it existed. I never went to Universal when I was young, so. Oh, wow. No kidding. It was, wow, yeah. wow. I love happen. this ride. Yeah, I love it this too. Ride. It looms pretty large to me, and, and I, I probably wasn't willing to go on any, on everything there, yeah. and I was probably scared of some of the things I did. I'm not, I think the first time I went, I was not, I did not brave Jaws, or maybe oh, it wasn't no. open yet, uh, yeah. or it was in that period where it was closed. But yeah, this was a opening day attraction, one that worked for kids, and as the uh, Defunct Land episode about it really pushes, uh, the, one of the only rides that had no problems opening day of Universal mm-hmm. Studios, because all of their major attractions were big old disasters, because right. they were all attempting all these things mechanically that were probably outside the realm of possibilities for the industry at the time. And this thing was like, it kind of helped the park through the first, the rough first couple months because it was, it was fine. It was the one you didn't have to worry about. Yeah. Um, I, I read a little about this in that, that um, Disney versus Universal Sam Genaway book. Uh, I, fr- here's a, from it, he says, uh, Peter Alexander came up with the idea of a motion theater. In a conversation with Barry Upson, Alexander said, you know, these theme park attractions don't make any sense. It's like every time you want to change out and put a new television show on, you have to buy a new television. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. He continued, uh, yeah, he changed out the, some of the props and we would have something new. So, like, oh. this was like an early, if not the first motion theater ride. And, like, sure hmm. enough, when it was time to change out this for another ride, it took them uh, less than six months to swap out Hanna, uh, Jimmy Neutron for Hanna-Barbera. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so the full history of this space at Universal Studios started as Hanna-Barbera, became Jimmy Neutron, and today is Despicable Me, Minion Mayhem, mm-hmm. uh, which one day we will get to in uh, seven parts, uh, nine parts. We'll, uh, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll determine that at a later time. But the... Uh, uh, but if you go on that, so this Santa Barbara ride we're talking about never made it to Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but the Despicable Me ride did. So if you've been on that, but not any of the rest of what we're talking about, you may know that as opposed to Star Tours, where you're in a cabin of a, st- of a simulator, uh, this one is like a big theater with a lot of little cars, uh, which is how that's how the Despicable Me ride is. And that's how this uh, Santa Barbara one was. Yeah. So instead of the whole theater moves all at once, it's like benches and like two or four i'm not sure the the uh, how it works exactly but like, are the seats the same or have they changed like I is it the same basic configuration do we I know i think same basic configuration i'm sure they've changed the, the actual vehicles of, over of the years the and thing. they certainly changed the aesthetic but it seems like the modular nature of it like if one of those benches goes down if one of those 
uh, ride vehicles goes down, they just put a tarp over it. You uh-huh. just don't go in that one. Oh, yeah. Good point. So I can see why this did work so well. You're saying opening day because it's like, well, it was built to be modular. It was clearly built to be simple. Mm-hmm. Very so. like... Yeah, very mechanically friendly and also and uh, and mom friendly because there was if you didn't want to get shaken around, if you if you have a problem with motion sickness, they have benches that don't move. So you could just sit uh, uh, up on the front of the bed. I think it was in the front. You could just sit and watch the movie and not get shaken around, which I remember my mom doing. Uh, my mom and little brother <laughs> definitely sat on some benches at some theme park rides. Sure. I was going to say it's mom friendly because my mom goes on still to this day about how good the Hanna-Barbera cartoons were. Those are like her favorite cartoons. Okay. She loves Top Cat. She loves Magilla Gorilla. She's, huh? she, she'll she tell you about it. She'll tell you about <laughs> Top Cat. For, we got yeah. a big DVD set of Top Cat a couple years ago. Loves it. Now, I'm not sure I've ever seen one second of Top Cat. Top Cat is fun. I like Top Cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was also, uh, she said she was physically she was attracted to one of the cats on Top Cat when she was young. <laughs> <laughs> what is supporting on, cast members? Yeah, not Top Cat not himself. Not Top Cat. But uh, I forget which one it is. I can look it up. Mm. He had a whole gang of cats because they were all like kind of cool cat. Like they were all like they were up to mischief. They wouldn't do anything like real dangerous, but they would mess with some cops. <laughs> some well, so I think Hanna Barbera has some attractive characters throughout because obviously uh, uh, Daphne and uh, Velma oh, yeah. and Scooby Doo. Sure. And I think hey, you know what? I think those guys are lookers as well. Uh, well, uh, what's a, Fred? Hey, Fred's Fred, a yeah. classic all-American lunkhead uh, yeah. uh, uh, prom king. Uh, uh, and and I'll say this: I think the I get, I'm not like specifically super attracted to Judy Jetson, but I think Judy mm. Jetson is like a well rendered character. And the and the I'm a big fan of the Jetsons movie. Oh yeah, I was going to say I like that too about the devastation of mining ore for sprockets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. a dark movie. <laughs> oh yeah, and it kind of de- and it's sort of like dealing with the natives or whatever, like those yeah, the yeah. creatures who it's actually. The f- Robbed. For, I forget the mechanics of how it works, but yeah, the first isn't the first thing that they move their house up from the pollution. Is that right? Remember oh, that, there oh, is a shot. Yeah, isn't that the start of the movie? I haven't seen it in many, many years. But isn't it's that the not first... really commented on that much? But isn't but that what it, it is? It is an, yeah, one of the first shots in the movie. They just rise above any smog because right. they're on that weird oh, house. Oh, okay. I remember. I, I I don't know if I've ever put that together before. Right now, huh? Huh? Now uh, that what? is that movie was coming out around the time this ride was opening. So there yeah. was what we what we would now call synergy. Uh, Mm -hmm. That was happening. And I'm wondering if they thought like, well, this is the start of a Hanna-Barbera filmed renaissance because like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, Flintstone, maybe Flintstones was in the works I mean it was probably for sure in the works uh, that, yeah at least yeah though if, if maybe as a live action thing instead the feature but. length Tom and Jerry movie came a few oh, yeah, years yeah. later which, which I remember all... seeing in theaters and liking as a kid I, I have am zero thinking, memory of did I see that back. probably but I don't I'll be honest with you never a big Tom and Jerry fan didn't care for it mm-hmm. as a kid yeah, I find them sort of unpleasant for some reason. Yeah, I mean, and I, I in the movie, I feel like they didn't really. They just they, it, they was and now here's a big Tom and Jerry cartoon. Well, it wasn't talked. really like elevated. Yeah, and they talk. I oh. mean, they talked in the cartoon later, or the newer cartoon as well. Yeah, it, I think that's right. But it's like it like, clearly were like, well, what are we gonna do? Like these were short cartoons where they would just beat each other up. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then they're like, well, I guess they talk now. And I think that nothing nothing ever really grabbed me about it. I used to, and here's why I was extra mad at it. It would air right before Ninja Turtles. 
Oh, oh, and okay. I was like, God, be done. Be oh, so over. you're resenting anything that's not. So ex- there's an extra level of frustration I think of when I think of Tom and Jerry. Did you guys, <laughs> I think I knew TV schedules. I think I could tell what time it was uh, by, by what was on TV. Mm-hmm. Like before sure. I could tell time on a watch face. I could yeah. go like, well, it's about 1030 because uh, the Muppet Babies are on and that'll be on again at two. Uh I do, yeah, I, I remember patterns like that, and I definitely remember that Ren and Stimpy was on at 11 on Saturdays, mm. and I'd have to go help my dad like sweep up outside, and I was always eyeing that clock, like, I better be in by 11. Right. Uh, um, and I think Rugrats, I think it was Rugrats 10, Doug 10.30, or maybe Flip oh, Those. Oh, yes, yeah. Which, again, what like what a run. Those three in a row, original Those three, yeah, the original Nick tunes. I would terrible. remember two, and I, I can't pinpoint exactly what but i would remember the the blocks of commercials would air in the same order Mm -hmm. and i'm like i don't like this commercial but there's a toy commercial coming up i'm very fond of and there you knew the running oh maybe i i know what you're saying i do know what you're saying i think there would be yeah i think they would like play stuff yeah, in a row. No, I, that does seem familiar now that you say that. For like X-Men toys or Batman or yeah. Toxic Avenger toys, I was really obsessed with the Toxic Avenger toys based on the short-lived cartoon. Did you like the cartoon? I liked the cartoon too, but the toys were very... The toys still look good, very you detailed. Ha- did you have the toys? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you remember any of the characters? Because I'm not... I know nothing of the Toxic Avenger. I don't I know remember any is. of their names. Okay. But hmm. I remember being a little grossed out by it. A little gross. Yeah. <laughs> can Didn't I can I say again, going back to a, a, a sort of like heartthrob Hanna Barbera oh, yeah, characters? Please. I would like to shout out the uh, the object of Judy Jetson's affection in the Jetsons movie, yeah, of Apollo course. Blue, the space rock star, uh, which in general, I've, I've, I feel like I've caught that people had like childhood crushes on Apollo Blue, and in general, the all the like the songs from the Jetsons movie, I think, are fantastic. It's these. There's this one especially that I think because Tiffany, the pop star, oh, yeah, was the right, voice right. of Judy. They would wow. they had recorded the. Actual woman Janet Waldo, who voiced uh, uh, Judy, and then kicked her out of the movie because <laughs> they thought they could sell more tickets with Ugh, Tiffany. So, so Tiffany mean. did songs, and that's good. So they got that. But Tiffany also then had to speak, mm. and her I don't I'm not sure puberty had finished because her voice is cracking the whole time. It's like a, her voice is really annoying in the movie. Wow, it's really strange. How old was Tiffany when she was? Putting out songs. Not sure. Very young. Yeah. Really? I don't um, think I ever realized that. Uh, uh, young enough to uh, for her to get a lot of uh, horrifying stalkers and a documentary no. uh, about those stalkers. Going to uh, think we're alone now. That plot in the movie is based on an old episode of the Jetsons, I think. Um, oh. Th- my, it's like my mom's favorite Jetsons episode, which I she'll tell you all about. Ah. Where Judy is obsessed with a singer named Jet Screamer. <laughs> And it's Ooh. a very similar kind of a thing where like, and I think my mom liked it so much because like, I think she identified with Judy and being obsessed with like rock and roll men. So this was sort of a Bobby Sherman yes. stand in. I don't mom, know what style Jet Screamer was, but he was, uh, can we see this tiny graphic? <laughs> I sure can't. And yeah. no, no one at home can see it at all. <laughs> yeah. You well, can we'll see it even worse than me. Tiny photos. Those tonight, Jet like, Screamer pinups you're after. I'm getting bad luck with the pictures. <laughs> Um, but I just uh, like this 
this one music video that's like Judy and Apollo Blue falling in love is so fucking awesome. They like turn into like cubist paintings uh-huh. and like and like uh, uh, a like a um a, like constellations form and then it turns into their uh, uh into their face. It's like it's so rad. I name checked it when I was pitching Moonbeam City. Like I wanted to look like the Jetsons <laughs> movie. I, I I really like the Jetsons movie aesthetically. And to bring it back to the ride, one thing that I like is that it's a early combo of 2d characters and 3d environments and it's yeah. pretty dated but not horrifically so not- you can just tell it's from an era uh, uh for, from a bygone era but it's like not uh, it's kind of cool, and I think the ride's that way too. I yes. like it, yeah, because it the two D animation looks like classic Hanna Barbera, uh, two D animation, and then the CGI environments are very basic and stylized and kind of caricature-y, but it's not trying to be realistic. It's not trying to be photorealistic. It's just trying mm-hmm. to be cartoony and like uh, sort of like the. It reminded me almost of that a little later but that video game vector man oh yeah just a bunch of ball you you were a man but he was just made up of different balls and you could change shapes and it was just like very simplistic cgi i I was impressed because i was watching it and i was like if somebody said this was made in 2000 i would have been like oh yeah of course like Mm -hmm. i wouldn't have like doubted the the technology but like 90 is pretty impressive like for it to look like that Mm -hmm. which yeah it's it's early work from rhythm and hues a major like uh, CGI studio. I, I, I'm, I'm confused on my history. I just know they became a major operation in the 90s. I, I don't know what they did. Or- well, I, I wrote down Rhythm and Hughes too because Rhythm uh-huh. and Hughes just a few years ago was kind of infamous because they did like award winning work on the Life of Pi movie. Oh, that was and, them? And oh, that was right. them. And as the movie was winning all these awards, Rhythm and Hughes went under. Wow. So like they're winning Oscars and like people are like getting severance checks and packing up boxes oh, like that yeah sucks. horrible oh my yeah. god that's terrible well gee well hey <laughs> great work everything from life of pi to the uh, jetsons part of the ride uh good work with well, the yeah. news. i also really like the um i like the scooby-doo zone Scooby-Doo and it reminds zone. me of like when you go into the the uh, castle uh, part of the ride it feels very much like bowser's castle yes. or like a like a yep. mario kart level yep it's it's really neat and i also now while you you can tell something's up like the t- the 2d characters don't blend perfectly with the 3d like it does feel like one thing laid on top of the other however you got a 3d ship spinning all around and your camera view is changing and uh, uh, and bending and everything to animate the perspective of these characters and particularly uh Muttley and mm-hmm. uh what uh, Dick Dastardly like that they're like you're tracking them flying around just like the, the perspective that these 2D animators had to keep in mind many of whom went on to work for Don Bluth not mm-hmm. long after this uh uh i don't know i'm just well, like i'm very impressed by the like people might look up this ride and go this looks stupid what are they talking about but i think but for the era but for um, 1990 for 1990 and yeah. sylvan bluth uh company working on this oh okay, okay working sure. on this uh some of them uh came they were in ireland i think at that point it was saying and then 
Some of the animators came to Burbank to work on this, while the rest stayed in Ireland to work on the dreaded Rockadoodle. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> to work on oh, man. And maybe that other the thing, Dinosaur in Central Park. One of their other things. Troll in Central Park, I think what? I saw in their was credits. Was that something like that? There yeah. was a movie called The Troll in Central no, Park. They were making like Dom two Deloise. other movies at the time. But now we're back a dinosaur story? Maybe, maybe it was we're back. These are weird. Yeah, these are. There's a whole genre. A whole, almost of well, these Hanna Barbera kids was doing some of these kind of kids lost kids movies too, and yeah, Don Bluth Company. Yeah, um, weird blue- time, and you can't like. I feel like some of these things, like you knew that they were uh, bombs. You know, the people did not like these movies. Today, I feel like the PR machine for every. In my mind, there has not been a bombed. Kids, kids cartoon in two decades because you're like getting screamed about this. You're getting screamed at about them so much. I'm like, I don't know how much. If you ask me, how much did Smallfoot make? I don't know. Probably a one point two billion dollars. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know what was a hit or what wasn't a hit. Was Rango a hit? A pro- no maybe, idea. Maybe okay. that one wasn't. Let's assume it was. <laughs> yeah. If it was, if it's a cartoon from the last twenty years, it was a gigantic hit. Everything, and you also hear all these stats. Every every movie that comes out is like, no, that's like seven times Jurassic Park. <laughs> is it? What? What do you? How could that be? That can't. But they're not in. It's not ninety four dollars. It's yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I there's, don't know. There's, Who there's knows how they. There's cheats. I'm pining for those days back when movies could eat shit. Yeah, back in my day, there were unpleasant movies that scared young Jason and mm-hmm. young Scott and young Mike, mm-hmm. and then, and they lost money and people got fired. Yeah, people should be fired. What am I nostalgic for? Okay, yes. <laughs> so it was a troll in Central Park. Some uh-huh, of Blue's okay. teens stayed in Dublin, and some of them uh, to work on Rockadoodle and a troll in Central Park. So uh-huh. Don Bluth, he bopped around a lot. He was at Disney. He made his own company. That company went under. He made another company, and then I think he went to start the Fox animation you uh, that weird video game too Anybody oh dragon yeah. dragon's layer yeah i think, I think so. dragon's layer. i could never figure out how to play that i would put a yeah. quarter in and i was just like what oh, it's yeah. a cartoon i feel like i was confused like, too yeah, yeah. Hmm. it was like one of those weird sega cd games or something where or like that scotty pippen basketball game it, where it like it was so me. impossible to play like it was like a video it was video of scotty yeah. pippen and it just obviously didn't work. Like it, it was just like a strategy based game or a turn based basketball game with Scotty. Every Pippen. now and then, my mom would order a Nintendo game off QVC or the Home Shopping Network, and oh, it would yeah. just be befuddling. Like I'd be <laughs> like, "What is this game?" And it'd be like a a puzzle thing, or I feel like there was a Matchbox one that we had to send back because it would stop working after the first <laughs> level. <laughs> Nothing frustrated me more because I put, always put the blame on my. Self. Uh-huh. This is my oh, fault. Oh yeah, you're not smart, Scott. You're <laughs> fucking up. Any a better kid could outsmart this game. Oh, that's maybe a lot of these games were impenetrable. Yeah, um, I think there was a lot of garbage back. Th- I mean, there's still a lot of garbage games, but yeah, I think yeah, you would rent a game from the store that, and you would know nothing about it. Maybe Nintendo Power had a blurb. But it would be just the controls were horrible. Stuck in a corner on the James Bond Jr. video game. Like, (laughs) not even a tenth of the way through the first level, and then you're just stuck with it all weekend. I feel like Nintendo 64 is the first system where we're self aware enough to know that this game is bad. It's not your fault. 
Yeah. It's because this game is poorly made. Like Superman, there's famous ones, Superman 64, Mission Impossible at Nintendo 60, like mm. famously bad games. Oh, we, that game was fun. Mission Impossible? Yeah, I beat that a bunch of times. Oh, Jason, Mission Impossible is Stop horrible. Stop bragging. <laughs> we, we, no, we, we were so excited for GoldenEye and Mission Impossible. GoldenEye came out first and then Mission Impossible kept getting delayed and Mission oh. Impossible blew. It was so bad. It, it was, was like very close to the movie, which is like a terse pot boiler and not no. exactly filled some, with video game like esque scenes, you some, know, it's a noir game. You, it's yeah. just about mood and yeah. pacing. You could do nothing in that game. Well, I you change costumes a lot. Goldeneye, you could shoot a scientist in the head. You could go in different cool places. You could really like have a lot of freedom. In Mission Impossible, like you, you had you, one you, gun. You had sometimes. one gun. You couldn't you could, like turn around and you could barely do anything. The whole idea was you're supposed to sneak places and like you would you couldn't do it wasn't fun. No, but you could do the break-ins. You did do the wire scene. Yeah, but that you wasn't did do fun the break It was fun. <laughs> no way. We're going to look up this game. I'm going to get this game, and you're going to you. play it now. We're going to play GoldenEye and Mission Impossible. I no, guess well, that's it's no... It's not even a contest. Right, you're right, you're it's right. not even the same level. I, I just remember that's, enjoying That's the most it. unfair thing you just proposed. Yeah. Right, we're going to play what everyone... The game everyone agrees is the best of the uh, era, and then this thing you're right, talking fine. about. We'll just play Mission Impossible. I don't, it's garbage. It's GoldenEye <laughs> might still be the gold standard for me, because I... I mean, I I had the all the Bond games that came out after that too. The the other GoldenEye game and like um, the World Is Not Enough video game, oh, yeah. <laughs> very similar to GoldenEye, but it was uh, it wasn't as good, but it was more detailed. So it was like, oh look, you can see him reloading. I can get a dirty used copy of uh, Nintendo 64's Mission Impossible for four seventy with free shipping. Oh, you we could twitch that. <laughs> we sure. Could that game. sure we could. Hey, yes. we could. Is that theme park related? Maybe. Maybe. Tangentially. Tangentially. No, we talked about Mission Impossible 4. Yeah. Paramount Park will have a Mission Impossible. There's going to be Mission Impossible rides soon, I think, also. Uh, there uh, that would be, be cool. Been yeah. a long, we've been waiting long enough. All right. So, well, I'll look into the cheapest. Right, Maybe that's that. not the cheapest way I can get yeah, it. Either. Yeah. I can let's find a cheaper find one than four. Um, let's, uh, so, let's get back to the fantastic world of Hanna-Barbera. And, uh... I would like to start talking about this, my beloved pre-show. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I knew how much I liked it until rewatching it. It's such a blast. Uh, um, so you get, you get into a line where you're watching Anna-Barbera clips. And what was that one? The cats show, uh, uh, the Rough and oh, ready? No, no crazy. Oh, yeah. SWAT cats. SWAT, SWAT, SWAT cats. cats. Yeah. You're watching SWAT cats clips and you're starting to wonder, well, how do how are these dazzling cartoons made? That's what I'm here to find out because my entire day at Universal Studios Florida is about finding out how <laughs> movies are made. This is I'm trying to just do like an educational museum trip and then the real things from the movies keep interrupting yeah. M- yeah. my knowledge. Uh, uh, v- very frustrating, obviously, but maybe this one will be different. I'm going to learn how cartoons are made. It's very on point with the early Universal uh, premise of like ride the movie, learn how this stuff is made. Learn, then ride, learn, then learn ride. some more. Uh, so you get into, I don't remember what the room was like, but it was sort of like, I feel like there was like a rocket. I don't, it was like yeah. a, it was, it was an odd cartoony room. Um, but so uh, you meet uh, Yogi who wants to eat a sandwich. He's eyeing a sandwich. And 
Boo Boo reminds him that these people aren't just here to see him eat a sandwich, that <laughs> they're here to learn about how cartoons are made. And uh-huh. he's like, oh, really? Also, I, I was very, Yogi voice, not great. Mm-hmm. Not the classic, I think, what's his dog's butler did Yogi, and he d- had just died and was replaced. Some of the Jetsons people died. Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc had just died, too. Just died. And I was immediately, when I was listening to the video, I was like, that's not Yogi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, it was a, a latter-day yogi but you do i was gonna say uh, you do get a couple original voices in this you get gene vanderpill uh who played wilma and rosie Mm -hmm. the robot and you get casey Kasem. yep who did it up until a few years before he died wow really yeah oh he was still and it's him in uh taking matthew lillard to task Mm -hmm. in the commissary in the famous scene in looney tunes back in action which mm-hmm. i i say just because i only learned about it like a month ago <laughs> and i find it very funny that they like, did that sure. wow looney tunes landed the matthew lillard cameo mm-hmm. hell yeah <laughs> uh, um you, uh, uh also uh not the original dick dastardly sadly there's a guy named michael bell who's like a prolific voice actor but only was dick dastardly in this i didn't know dick dastardly was paul winchell the voice oh, of Tiger. Oh, that. That's, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, uh, great voice actor. <laughs> Only on this podcast will somebody go, yeah, did you know he was, it was Paul Winchell? And Paul I'd Winchell. be like, whoa, that's uh, awesome. Uh, <laughs> Holy shit. Wow, Paul I got, Winchell. I got one more in this area, too. Um, in this ride, uh, it's an early performance of uh, Jeff Bergman as Fred Flintstone. Jeff Bergman's a guy who like does a ton of the voices. Nah, he's like one of those, uh, uh, like Corey Burton in the Disney world uh-huh. who, uh, does pitch perfect versions of the, the original, you know, the voices from the forties through the seventies and beyond. Yeah. Like Billy um, West with Looney Tunes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This guy like also was Tunes. bugs. I don't know why it's Billy West sometimes and Jeff Bergman sometimes. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, but he's Fred Flintstone. In this, and the when he started taking over the beloved voices, the, maybe the first one that he he jumped on was Jeff Bergman took over as the Pillsbury Doughboy for Paul Freeze. Did you Whoa. know that <sighs> the ghost host in the Haunted I Mansion? Think I did know was that the Pillsbury Doughboy. I think I went on a, down the rabbit hole a couple of years ago and was like, oh yeah, wow, that's crazy. I don't hear that at all. Yeah, I don't. That's he he does have a couple different. voices that are way out there because he's Ludwig von Drake too, which I would never have thought was the same as a ghost Pretty host. Different yeah. than ghost host. So like he does have some range there. Yeah. Also, uh, Thurl being Tony the Tiger blew my mind. Yeah, Thurl sure. Ravenscroft being Tony the Tiger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like these guys would go back and forth between doing like these Disney jobs and then serial. <laughs> Yeah, I guess a lot of them are cereal. Fo- and I think Paul Freeze was the Toucan. It was Toucan Sam, maybe, too. Oh, that sounds right. Um, but I, that was... Uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not totally sure. But Can I, I try something real quick? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, you're a carnivore. Oh, now I fucked it up oh, already. Oh, boy. That Wait was going to be the Pillsbury Doughboy doing Ooh. the ghost host yeah, dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, try it again. You're carnivorous. You're carnivorous pallor betrays an aura for moaning. Nothing says loving. <laughs> My, I've been doing, this is a whole thing with Lindsay and I. For years, I've been doing this voice, but he's very, she goes, he's very cloying. You see, he sounds like, <laughs> nothing says loving. Like, <laughs> well, we know what this sounds like this is this is olaf well it does sound like olaf yeah, yeah it's basically i have like ford moves is this my room voice. actually stretching <laughs> <laughs> i'm a bad snowman <laughs> nothing uh, says loving uh so 
all right. I just had to do the ooing and aahing about these voice names. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, okay. we, we had to get it out. But anyway, uh, um, so Yogi realizes he needs we need to get back we need to get on track we gotta learn how because he doesn't know how emanation is made <laughs> he like fucks it up so hard. It's, it is pretty funny i, know, I like, like it absolutely yeah it goes out of his way yeah. to, to say it wrong yeah yogi's funny uh and so he turns it over to a different monitor where we're introduced to hannah and barbara themselves <laughs> These old um, men in sweaters and oxford shirts uh and this is like I don't say this lightly, pretty neck and neck with Michael Eisner in terms of mm-hmm. like wonderfully lovable stilted acting from people yeah. who are not on camera very often. Right? Yeah, I and love anything like this, and the theme parks obviously are full, are full of this. They're close to Spielberg. You know what? You got the ET oh, yeah. adventure right down the street. I I've been underrating this Hanna Barbera video for a long time. Uh, excellent the, pre-show. They're both like. 80 they're they i think one of them died at 95 and the other died at 92 no okay. one of them died in like right? 2001 yeah wow. no i know i mean their ages they died at 95 oh, I see. Oh, yeah yeah no kidding um, um, but yeah you're right 2006 yeah. or 2002 well, as well and they they were connected to the company that shared their name pretty much i feel like until they died like some stuff like the one who was still alive was given a creative consultant credit on that the tom and jerry movie so i don't okay. know that they were like hands on with everything but for a company that was sold to like two or three different major communications concerns like yeah. they never walked away they never walked entirely. away yeah huh. huh wow uh well and they were hands on on this thing obviously <laughs> and appearing in it and so when it cuts to them they are as heads of an animation studio are want to do they are surrounded by their characters uh, of Fred and Barney and Scooby Doo and uh, George and Ju- George and uh, wait, who's the uh, Jane. Jane, Jane, George and Jane Jetson, Jane, his wife, Jane, his wife, and Jane, uh, this crazy and thing. they are all. It's this weird angle because you're looking at Fred and Barney from behind, <laughs> and they're all waiting for orders from their creators, <laughs> and they're being told like, "Okay, Fred, you get it. They need you on stage four. All right, George and Jane, remember to take your scripts this time. As a precocious child, I thought that was very funny. Like, this is not the first time. Like, I'm sure there's Looney Tunes stuff where they're sitting around in a break room waiting for something to do. But I, I always <laughs> liked the joke of, like, the cartoon characters going to a soundstage like to work. Actor. Like, they were actors. Yeah. Yeah. All, all sitting around a trailer, uh, yeah. checking yeah, checking their phones, doing their taxes. Uh, um, and they don't speak. They just lovingly wait and listen. And, mm-hmm. and then just dopey Fred and Barney <laughs> just turn around and walk away. Okay. And then once the characters have been cleared out, they start talking to us. Uh, and they're very warm and reminiscing about wonderful times making cartoons. <laughs> and they're looking at the storybook. Well, they tell you how cartoons are made. Uh, well, cartoons are a series of drawings all done in rapid order to make it look like it's moving. <laughs> and then they show us. First, it starts with the storyboards. Oh, remember that old villain Dick Dastardly? I sure do. <laughs> I guess to remind you of who Dick Dastardly is, yeah. because Wacky Racers was 20 years ago. I'm still not even sure. I well, there was I, a new wacky race. It's wacky races, right? Races, isn't it? Wacky races. It, it might be races, but there I was, was called a, then the wacky racers because they were the oh, race. Right, right. I don't know if there I was I could a be newer. Wrong. 
I remember there was there a whole, was a newer one a, a couple newer years one, ago, but like a couple of years ago. I mean, they're like around the '90s time. Might have been a couple of years after. I remember there were 3D cartoons in the morning at like oh, 7 a.m. Okay. And I remember because I had to set a tape for it. And I think there was a new Yogi Bear, and it was 3D, and you had to get your glasses off a cereal box. Now that what? was definitely a thing that like Fox Kids or Warner Brothers Kids would program like eight to noon, but then there would also be cartoons from seven to eight. And I always like to try and. I would always miss them, but if I was up really early, I would see them, and it was always something weird. It was yeah. like, yeah, Wacky Racers 2.0 or some so, shit. So, yeah, there was, like, new... So, kids should have kind of known who Dick Dastardly Dick is. Dick Dastardly that being uh, said, shows He wasn't up. the most popular character. I think he shows up in the one where they steal the spruce moose. <laughs> what? Is that... They Which, steal a plane and they meet oh, a bunch of other cartoon characters. Am I crazy? Dick hmm. Dastardly kind of a go-to for like if there's a crossover, he would be the he bad guy. He would be guy. the bad guy. He's I like see. Loki in the first Avengers or something. <laughs> yeah. He crosses over. Oh, he straddles the worlds. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, they're, they're reintroducing Dick Dastardly, but he had been around or he was going to be around soon. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. interesting. They're taking no chances. I understand. He's very, People but come he's, from out of the country. They don't know Dick he's Dastardly clearly like a, we do. A vil- like just in his mustache and his look, yeah, he he's got a um, snidely whiplash say, quality. Yeah, he is sort of looks ex- in my mind. He just looks like snidely whiplash. It's the same mm-hmm. design. And I he's kind of who. a pre Wario, like, oh, yeah. like a real yeah. gangly. Uh, uh, I past a certain point, like tall characters are fine, but the ganglier you get, you're probably a villain. If you're short and stout, you're a villain, maybe like no. Mutley. Wario is still short and stout. Boris Waluigi is Waluigi is ganglier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are the original Wario and Waluigi, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, and then they're deciding how to demonstrate. Uh, the process of animation, which is many drawings put together, and how do they do it by drawing Elroy Jetson, and which they do, and he comes to life on the piece of paper and is alive <laughs> as Fred and Barney already were, thus negating the information that cartoons or many drawings put together. So they have uh, overturned. E- well, either you do lots of drawings and you photograph them rapidly, or you create a living being. Uh. And Fred and Barney are alive today and they were just in the room but Elroy uh is it does not exist until we make him exist they're like I don't but like, now he exists and yeah. now he can and walk he, around the, I, we have a living boy in the pages don't on the forget desk. my anti-gravity backpack oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at him go there he's, he is he's got the personality that we all know but well right once you draw a cartoon they're only alive for uh, seven months and then you gotta shoot them and start <laughs> it's like they, the end in seven of months the, they start to feel pain <laughs> it's like the end of the prestige <laughs> you run them through the prestige machine Pile of Elroy Jetsons. Oh, piles of Elroy. You gotta, you gotta buy all these tanks to keep them in. The last Elroy has to murder the new. Has the new <laughs> yeah. Elroy has to murder the previous Elroy. All right, hop to it, Elroy. Blast him <laughs> with your jetpack. <laughs> Shoot your flames onto your clone. Oh uh, so they, but to backtrack, they set out to draw Elroy Jetson. Let's draw Elroy Jetson. Great, it'll be easy. We've been animating the Jetsons since 1962. <laughs> I like them assessing that it will be easy to do yeah. it. Like, right. what should we draw, Bill? A new character? No, that'll be hard. <laughs> All draw right. the 28-year-old one. 
<laughs> Charlie, <laughs> remember back then when our friends Fred and Barney were still hawking cigarettes in between <laughs> commercial breaks? <laughs> Those were the days. Those were the days. Uh, now we got to leave it to other characters to teach kids how to smoke. Yeah. <laughs> I killed a draw Joe Camel, <laughs> my favorite cartoon character. <laughs> it destroys me. We didn't make him up. Yeah. Uh, we've been at, we, okay, we've been animating the Jetsons since 1962. Has it really been that long? <laughs> it sure has. Yep. But it has all been fun. <laughs> it sure has. They have now said. <laughs> Three times within 30 seconds. I sure do. It sure has. It sure has. These delightful old timers. So much sure. Uh They're so sure. That's the thing. When you get to be that age, you are so sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, they're not. We, you, we're all r- racked with doubt at all times. But these guys are so sure. They know. Is there ever a pre-show with two older guys in it? <laughs> I don't I think, think so. The oldest people in theme park. Uh, maybe anywhere? the well. What if they're dead? Like Hitch. Hitch was in his, but not custom. Not original. No, yeah. Maybe I guess not. Uh, Charlton it's Heston hosted the earthquake ride. Uh, host, yeah. I don't think he was uh, older though. Yeah. No, I don't think he was older. It sure has been a fun ride. <laughs> Jan, I sure did torture Janet Lee. I'm a, I drove her to insanity. Uh, sexual har- was the sexual harassment fun? It sure was. <laughs> I sure did <laughs> harass many. Uh, uh, so anyway, they draw Elroy. He's alive before he has a body. He requests his jetpack as Jason's or his anti-gravity uh backpack backpack i think yeah cool uh which he ne- doesn't really use mm-hmm, i right. thought that was gonna be like a Chekhov's gun thing it's like that's hell get away oh yeah they're setting up nothing there huh <laughs> nope they, they sure are <laughs> they sure are. it sure doesn't pay off so then they explain that uh animation is also done via computers these mm. days um and which, once again, they present a fact and then illustrate the opposite of that fact, right. which is that, like, why computers do the animation today? Let me show you. Then one of them has magic in his finger, <laughs> fires the magic into the corner and creates a big, weird space computer. In fact, Elroy says, it's the spaciest. And then the computer draws Dick Dastardly's ship mm-hmm. in, in 3d um, in 3d they're in 2d but then 2d dick dastardly <laughs> pops out of it yes uh correct but that's you get mix-ups like that when you shoot magic out of your finger well, sure so he comes to life he says that he's tired of being called old dick dastardly and he requests to be the star of the next hanna-barbera star in the next project project Kind of a TV show, short subject, yeah, doesn't matter. What, educational ride. thing. Kind of a big ask. Yeah, absolutely. Not unreasonable. You don't just demand to be the star of things, especially if you're more of a character actor. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and they uh, correct him right away. And they say, you can't. Elroy's next, followed by Fred Flintstone. And then the other <laughs> one, then Scooby-Doo. And they kind of were right. <laughs> Jetsons movie, then live action Flintstones, then oh, eventually live action Scooby Doo. It goes in the order. <laughs> I don't know that that is in how they intended Might have it been to accidental, make out. But it's I right. Have a, I have a feeling that if the Jetsons movie was like a huge, huge hit, we would have seen 
Hanna-Barbera feature movies like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the that, cartoon, like the style, the new updated version of their updated style. Updated version, theatrical, because it was a theatrical release, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I believe I saw it at the mall I talked about on a, on a past episode with the waterfall. Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. Nice. What yeah. a day. <laughs> I think I saw that one in the... I know I had that and the DuckTales movie on VHS, and oh, yeah. so I have a lot of affection for those because I could just watch them over and over again. Those are, those are good ones for yeah. sure. Wow. Well, let's make a video. Let's make like a weird YouTube conspiracy video where they point out how this predicts the order of the <laughs> of all the movies coming out and that somehow something in the Hanover Bear ride also predicted predicts 9-11. 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh Scooby look, Scooby Doo, we'd love to we'd love to break rank, but Scooby Doo's next and he is not satisfied with this answer, so he kidnaps Elroy and takes yeah. him into a swirling Vortex. Dick Dastardly and Muttley come to life and kidnap a abduct a child. <laughs> they abduct a child who they they don't know. I don't They've think. never interacted before. Like there are some interactions in this ride. Like like, like George Jetson knows Yogi. But Yogi right. and Boo Boo <laughs> don't seem to know Scooby and Shaggy. Well, it depends on if they've been summoned to the same, like, taking of orders meeting by Hannah Bar- and right. Barbera. So, what, if Flintstones meets the Jetsons, which yep. we have to briefly mention at least, was a couple of years before this. I think I, that's I right. So. The other, the Yogi Bear thing I was thinking of uh, was called Yogi Bear and the Magical Flight of the Spruce Goose. Oh, the, wow. the spruce moose was a big plane in Tailspin, another show I liked a lot. Right. And, but the spruce goose is the real plane near this is where the real you plane. stayed on the Queen this Mary. This was a 1987 animated made-for-TV film uh, uh, produced for syndication as part of the Hanna-Barbera Superstars 10 series. Hmm. So again, they were just churning stuff out for syndication. <laughs> This show featured uh, Yogi Bear, the Flintstones, the Jetsons, Scooby-Doo, Huckleberry Hound, and Top Cat. Wow. Damn. Uh, now, All stars. But just A-listers in this ride. Just Scooby and the Flintstones and the Jetsons and Yogi yeah. and Boo-Boo. All right. <laughs> All right. Fred, you're next. Then Scooby-Doo. <laughs> then the Partridge Family 20, from the year 2060. <laughs> um, then then Secret Squirrel. <laughs> then Laverne and Shirley in the army. <laughs> Then the Wonder Twins. <laughs> and Apollo Blue, uh, <laughs> Space Age rock star. Uh, Hanna-Barbera also, I think we may have mentioned earlier, responsible for like not just the backbone of Cartoon Network, the early backbone of Adult Swim, Space Ghost Coast yeah, to Coast, true. The Brack Show, Sea Lab, yeah. um, and a very limited animation on a lot of those shows. Mm-hmm. A lot of archival animation that they just redubbed. Mm-hmm. But it's, it shows you how... I feel like the original intent was let's design some characters who are cool and compelling to look at because we will not be animating them yes. too much. And that ethos yeah. made it into obviously Space Coast, Coast to Coast and some of those other shows. And they are, it's a real credit to that the designs are good because that's all you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, and a lot of that credit goes to Alex Toth. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Toth or Toth, the uh, renowned... T-O-T-H. T-O-T-H, renowned uh, comics artist and designer for Hanna-Barbera. Really? Did a lot of work and mm-hmm. uh, widely regarded as like one of the best draftsmen in in American comics. Yeah. No it's funny because Space Ghost does look cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, him just him smiling when it just cuts back and forth yeah. between silent shots on mm-hmm. Space Ghost. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, really funny. Uh, um, so anyway, look, there's a pecking order. 
uh dastardly breaks it and kidnaps a child and they go into a vortex and then the computer <laughs> machine explodes a, a, a computer that was created by Hanna-Barbera out of thin air five seconds ago then it's sparking and lighting the room on fire they react to the explosion for so long because it has to cover I the, love it. the I, yogi I, dialogue I, I pause just of them like reacting to obviously like nothing, <laughs> uh, and it's just so yeah. funny. Oh, please look it up if you don't know this. Oh, I, my I mean, God. the highlight is when is it Hannah? Is that the dark haired one? Uh huh. The way he trots out of the room. Yes. Yeah. He does character. this yes. like cartoon like jaunt to get out whoa, of the room. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, if you know what that sounds. Imagine that sound, but visualized. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really funny. But I think that's funny on purpose. I think that's him yeah. like, oh, yeah. ooh, ooh, let He's me get out of here. He is having fun doing that. It's clearly. really fun. It looks and like I really a Three like Stooges thing. Or... They, they invented a machine that caught on fire and then in their own office. And then they say, let's get out of here. <laughs> they say, they just abandon the, the they burn the place for insurance money it's uh, we spent so much time with them i really wish they just went on the ride with us oh, no. that's the problem i the only problem i can see with it is setting them up so hard in the early part of it wow we're going fast we <laughs> sure are wow i feel like we've been traveling at 15 miles an hour <laughs> we sure are <laughs> but that'll be easy <laughs> that's there's much more difficult speeds than that they sure are oh what a what a ride that uh, ride why if they were commenting decade. like statler and waldorf oh. oh yeah and i also want suited characters walk around of them oh, man and yeah. one to tell me like boy boy scott you're a handsome young lad you sure are <laughs> um they keep should working have... on your drafting skills kid <laughs> if lucille ball is still walking around they should have hannah barba hannah and barbara walking around yeah you we know? gotta repopularize these them <laughs> as characters do were they a, a like are there other instances of them like doing this thing? Because like, I think they would introduce stuff every now. I don't have and much then. of a memory of the two of them like introing stuff on VHSs or DVDs. And I think the memory would have lingered because, if, as we've established in many episodes of this podcast, I care about that stuff way more than the actual yes. movies. Much more, much, much more. Yeah. So you, I would have thought I would have remembered these like kindly old men, just like uh, Elroy's dads, Elroy's two dads. <laughs> like I think I would remember yeah, yeah. that, but I don't. I feel like there is not that much of them doing this, but I could totally be wrong. They introduced me to the concept that there could be two dads. This is how I learned. Oh yeah. Yes, and they 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 made me an open minded, very child. progressive uh, yeah. Hannah Barbera. Yeah. Uh, uh, so now you enter the ride and you know what you guys take it from here because who cares i'm like (laughs) it's kind of yeah i mean it's the fun is kind of the real fun is over the real (laughs) fun of watching two old old men men two sweater explaining basic emanation (laughs) concepts i mean you go you get well this is a i I always thought this was a funny like you know what what he's uh boo boo says like what's our how do we power this thing like what's our source energy like and he makes up some you know, antimatter rocket fuelers on them. Yogi goes, a big old rubber band, boo boo buddy. And it is like you are put in a slingshot uh-huh. and it's shot out. Like I thought that was really funny. As I like kid. that. Yes. A big old rubber band. I have a question. Where is Yogi during this? You hear his voice. He's right. commenting and you're on we- one of 60 rockets inside a room. So where's Yogi? Well, I think the logic is you are in one rocket. You are in specifically the rocket 
uh, from the uh, outside of the building. Oh, which Yogi is in. Which Yogi is in. So, oh, so you were in the rocket in with, with Yogi. Oh, interesting. And this, this was really, I do not remember these giant children sitting in this horrifying marquee. <laughs> yeah, they're scary. Is that me? Is that uh, what I look that's, like? That's yeah, you. These mannequin dolls that that's were just you? on the outside of the, the universe. Of that's you and your childhood crush, Scott. <laughs> that girl. That girl. Uh, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she's she's kind of a looker. Yeah, and and then these A listers, the Hanna Barbera A listers. They're um, George, George, Scooby, Fred, Yogi, <laughs> Boo Boo. And most of whom have ties. Most of whom have Yogi, ties. Hanna-Barbera's characters were professional. That's what yeah. I like well, at the sure. end of the day. Yeah, George clocked in to a job. McGill Gorilla had a tie too, didn't he? Yes. Hey, yeah. this was a period where people respected each other and dressed right. Did Top Cat have a tie as well? I think he had a collar. He had a he collar. Had a hat. He certainly had a hat. Back when people wore hats. They had a collars only policy in their cartoons. You didn't get mm-hmm. also a, a mark against Dick Dastardly. T- it, sorry, Top Cat only had a vest. Still pretty sharp. Pretty sharp. A waistcoat, a purple waistcoat. Pants they yeah. don't care about. In fact, no Anna Barbera characters wear pants. Right. But as long as your shirt is nice. Mm-hmm. One of the one of his friends had it like a kind of a makeshift tie. Mm. One of his gang. All right. Huckleberry well, Hound, uh, so they were- uh, respected <laughs> lawman. Was he a policeman? He was a sheriff, wasn't he? Oh, uh, Huckleberry Hound had a bow tie. Wow. Yeah, he had a bow tie, uh, but then sometimes he would wild out as El Cabong, right? That was his alter ego when he would hit people with his guitar. That is right. This (laughs) is very interesting to me. Hanna-Barbera and ties. Um, Yeah, I'm looking at a big picture. The average all I don't think had a tie. They also did the Banana Splits cartoon. Oh uh, yeah, so they did so. I mean, yeah, a, d- a deep dive. Hanna Barbera here. I'm looking. Uh, Smurfs. Oh, it looks like they did a Richie Rich cartoon. They as did well. one of the Richie Richie Riffs, uh, Richie Rich revivals. El Cabong is just a. Um, that is just a Zorro. Uh, oh okay. Oh wait. Okay. What I'm. I just went to a website called NowIKnow.com, having googled Hanna Barbera ties. And this is a time and money saving trick because, as this says, think about how your torso, arms, legs change when your expression changes. When your face is smiling, the rest of your body reacts. Or if you're like turning to look at something and like a lot of the difficulty of animation is the boring like middle parts. So this was like a way around having to have their head do the same thing as their body. Oh, like the tie is a reset point. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so it's it helped with the limited animation. Huh. I guess so. Interesting. Because there's like there's a dog on here with has like a neckerchief uh, Snagglepuss has a little bow tie. Uh, uh, Wally Gator has the collar. That's yeah, what you were Gator. thinking. And let's, so, let's talk uh, females. Elk. Wilma has pearls. Jane has a big triangle on her neck. Yes. They've all, everyone has something on their neck. Yes. And uh, uh, doesn't Daphne have a little neckerchief as well? I think so. Maybe Velma as well. Sorry, El Cabong was not Huckleberry Hound's alter ego. I think it was a horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, what was the horse's real name? The horse was also a cowboy. Oh, man. There's Jeez. so many Hanna-Barbera really characters. <laughs> People are going to um, be pissed. People have probably been so mad this I whole time we were talking. But I'm correcting myself in real time right, fair about the thousands of Hanna-Barbera characters <laughs> that are out There's there. There's a lot to keep straight. 
Uh, uh, I think I, it was smart of them, though, to just stick to the big ones for the ride. Yes. Like, because I think kids now in King's Dominion and in the Virginia Paramount Park, like you, you could meet. Um, I think Top Cat was Pink Panther, uh, not Pink Panther. Yeah, Pink Panther. Is he Anna Barbera? Is he oh, Anna Barbera? Is, I don't know. Uh, about if you that. were mad before, no. you're really mad now. But I, Huckleberry Hound was definitely walking. Around. Oh, and uh, Kung Fu Louie, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Kong Kong Fui. Hong Kong Fui. <laughs> what did you just call him? <laughs> Hong Fong Louie. It was Louis? Kong, first Kong of all. Kong Fong Louie. Kong Fu Louie. Oh, okay. That's what you said. Oh, okay. Which is a thing, too, where you say, instead of Kung Fu, you said, you always yeah, say Kong always Fu say Kong, for some reason. I don't know where I got Hong that. Hong Kong Fui. I I liked watching as a kid, but now I'm realizing there's got to be something problematic about it. Oh, yeah. But it was like Scatman Carruthers, I think, doing his voice. I think all representations <laughs> of Asians and Asian Americans in cart- in all media of the 20th century is fine. Let's say there's no need to relitigate well, anything. I'm sure if you go back, there's not a bunch of bizarre uh, uh, wardrobe and teeth. It's all fine. Marvel Comics famously, I just learned this recently because Marvel Comics announced they're doing a Shang-Chi, the Master of Kung Fu movie. So you said Kung Fu again, I think. It's fine. Let's just, we're not, if we stop every time I say it. Um, so, but what they wanted to make was the Carad, they wanted the comic rights to the Carradine uh, TV show. Oh. That was very popular in the 70s. They could, Kung Fu. Kung Fu, yeah. yeah. They could not, they could not attain those rights. But what was affordable was the rights to the character Fu Manchu. So they created a new character named Shang Chi, who was the hero son of Fu Manchu, and often feuded with his father. So uh, Marvel is making like Shang Chi has stuck around and has been on the Avengers and the comics and stuff. Uh-huh. So Marvel is making a, a movie out of a character that dates back to like hey, I don't know. Let's make uh, the Carradine people don't want to do it. Uh, let's see if we can get Fu Manchu, and then well, it's his kid, and he's he's good at. Karate, a he was a, a copyright workaround. Yes, mm-hmm. character, huh? As we have learned, that ties are neck workarounds. Mm-hmm. Yes, apparently the heart, one of the hardest things to draw is a neck. So we've learned. I guess yeah. If you're like an aspiring animator of, of hand drawn animation, uh, just put a tie on the character. Make a, make it easier on you yeah. and the people overseas that'll be animating. And it. just or like, a pearl necklace, or like uh, uh, might yeah. give some Prince art in your apartment. A big Prince uh, uh, ruffle collar. Oh yeah, that would be great. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a tie, but just something on the neck. An ascot. And yeah. hey, if you're a also if you want to look sharp when you go out, wear any of these things. Quick too. draw McGraw was the horse cowboy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. many characters. Unbelievable. It is crazy how many characters they have. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the library is pretty insane. But some yeah. of them like on the writing writing about Hanna Barbera pretty open of like all the animation studios were just stealing from each other at the time. So mm-hmm. like and, and everything's based on old movies. Yeah, and everything's yeah. based on old Um Okay. The rubber band launches you, launches you into the world of the Flintstones. Into bedrock. <laughs> you avoid yeah, I, it. There's a, a elephant s- slips around. Let me say this. As mm. soon as we got into like this area, and um, this will be like in the first like couple seconds of the ride, mm-hmm. I really got a pod racer vibe. An episode one pod racer vibe mm-hmm. from this uh, thing. Because it's sort of like, it's it's sort of dirt and canyon. Like a Tatooine. It's a, before you get to full bedrock, it's like a little Tatooine-ish and you're in kind of a, mm-hmm. a, a little pod racer. Um, I think that this ride in general has some um, pre... 
So, so, uh, some qualities of the Simpsons ride before the Simpsons ride. Yes. That there is, that, that it's a chase of a villain, I guess, as is the Back to the Future right. ride. Uh, um, and that there's weird, it's a world that you know as 2D, but rendered as 3D. Uh, and I find it equally exciting uh, just on some base level that you're you're on a ride and getting a grand vista and as in the Simpsons ride when the when the, you're hearing the the real theme or the uh, kind of the glow of the Simpsons and you're mm-hmm. you're you're gonna fly into Springfield uh, similar to hearing the big Flintstones theme which is a wonderful theme uh, uh, and you and you're entering bedrock I think that's a, that's an actually exciting moment yeah because also you're kind of doing it's similar to what you're saying the Simpsons is like you get to go up the dinosaur I yeah. hope everyone knows what we're talking like uh, how our our listeners are young but maybe known this weird, weird stuff like the opening of the Flintstones it's like Fred's leaving work if and we're like, now yeah. gonna start explaining I, I know shit. I'm just like trying to think <laughs> of like we're leaving people out Every, you can find most of shit on YouTube uploaded you guys illegally. know the Flintstones I don't want to be like I'm not talking down Let to me you throw I'm this just trying to make sure I'm sure on the Disney same page. Plus will pave the way for the Disney like short back catalog of all the Mickey cartoons and Silly Symphony stuff do any of the streaming services have the Hanna-Barbera library up uh it's a good question i don't know uh i know does warner brothers does warner brothers have i mean cartoon network has some version of it but i don't think there's a big one for in the night there was cartoon network and there was boomerang and that's where they later put a lot of the older cartoons on the boomerang channel and then i think (laughs) Mm -hmm. boomerang is now an app with like some archives there's something called like vrv now is that where the flintstones live we're gonna wear a vrv ride to bring them back isn't that where some CISO stuff landed Uh, yeah (laughs) and some anime stuff there's anime on there there's cartoon network stuff on there it's very confusing everything i I don't know where the hell you watch anything anymore and that's why nobody sees anything anymore as opposed to all these shows that were just on all the time and if you if you didn't grow up with flintstones and yogi bear just on you might not know about them i don't disagree mike with your premise you might have to explain the flintstones but we also operate from a world where you know everyone we assume our listeners know the names of every bear in the country that's a good point yeah that's fair (laughs) sometimes i get out and i start to think like what if just a random person walked by the apartment right now and listened to what we were saying would they know what we're speaking and then i like start to go oh we should fill them in but it's like what are we even why would i even bother what did griffin newman say to us that his girlfriend said that uh, it's the, he, she listened to the podcast and that it was as if this is like listening to a movie podcast where you have no idea what movies oh, are right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you have to be acquainted to movies in uh, general uh it looks like you can watch 24 seasons 332 episodes of the flintstones on boomerang oh okay so boomerang might be the so way boomerang's to do the way it. to go so if you're boomerang so is yabba dabba doomerang. <laughs> yeah. You, yabba dabba do is a phrase that is yelled when the clock goes off and Fred has to. Fred is yeah, leaving he's a, work. He's a construction and the, worker. And it's, and it, but the clock is a bird. Mm-hmm. Just yes. to catch everybody up. Anyway, the animals also have jobs. Uh, the animals have jobs and you run into some of the animals with, <laughs> with jobs. And they're resigned that it is a living. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, they don't leave though. They don't leave. And um, the, actually, this brings me to something I was going to say about the not to jump around too much, but at the end of this ride, you go into this little room of interactive games that's themed to some of the places that you've been, like Bedrock mm-hmm. and uh, Space City. Where do they live? 
<laughs> where the yeah, Jetsons? Where do the, what's the I don't know the name of the, the, name of the Jetsons. It's I not as memorable as Jetsons. Space and Scooby Doo just place. was like an itinerant wanderer. So you were just in a spooky graveyard and then a spooky castle. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, uh, a haunted amusement park, which is, we're already in an amusement park. So that's was it confusing. supposed to be a haunted amusement park? Not that one. Not the one in the ride. But that's oh, just in the ride. Common where they uh, are and hanging out with Dick yeah. Van Dyke and the Harlem <laughs> Castle. That big castle that you go into looks a little like Cinderella Castle. Oh, you think it's maybe a little yeah, dig? Maybe it's a little. I think like it, I think it might be. Yeah, but yeah. Like the stones are black. Yes. Yeah, um, I see what you're saying. I now, could see that. Now I. Uh, look, I'm entering into 90s stand-up territory if I break down too much logic of the Flintstones animals and their jobs. However, mm-hmm. I would like to point out specifically that uh, in the thing after this, there's a keyboard that you jump around on like big. Mm-hmm. And when you step on the keys, a different bird squawks a note. <laughs> and there's a video where they squawk the Flintstones theme. it's awful it is awful to listen to and that's like a coordinated song being played by this bird organ let alone just the claptrap a bunch of kids Mm. stepping on it i'm gonna go ahead and say i think maybe the worst place to work in 1990s oh yeah studios must have been anywhere near this fucking bird organ uh but all right all the flintstone animal jobs don't make sense but in this case there's nine birds and they all have to wait for a key to be stepped on and they have to hit a note and they can't do any other note because mm-hmm. or else the thing won't work. And this is how music was made <laughs> in Flintstone times and then recorded onto a different stone, which was put on a turntable and played by a different bird by a bird's beak, which I think they did once an episode. They got a lot every. of mileage out of that gag. <laughs> the bird beak on the record? On the record, yeah. Yeah, I, I believe yeah. so. Maybe maybe seven times. Uh, yeah, and what, the, what always disturbed me is that the, the animals were always like aware of this horrible existence. The It's a living joke when like they would dump garbage in the bird's mouth. Like, wasn't that what they would do? <laughs> They'd like dump their like... garbage in their bird's mouth and you go, yeah, it's a living and he'd look over at you. Or like the one... Isn't it it's like a is it a hippo or a dinosaur where Fred punches his time card at when he's leaving? I forget. I, I think in the mm. movie it's a hippo. Yeah. Chonk. And it's like they're all like they're all self-aware and they can talk, but they're like just my job is to bite time cards. Eat garbage. <laughs> and eat garbage. Which to Kill be fair, what the cavemen are eating at that time is probably close to garbage. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So it's probably okay. It's not like highly concentrated sugars or anything. It's probably mm-hmm. stuff from the land at the very least. And once again, like with the paradox of Goofy and Pluto, where Goofy is their friend and speaks, but Pluto also uh-huh. a dog is that they own. Um, this is, it's similar where Dino can't speak. So he's like a dog. However, probably has a better situation because he doesn't have to work oh yeah yeah as opposed to fred's bulldozer he operates that is a brontosaurus mm-hmm. but his car is just a car his car mm. yeah yeah i mean they have to run they uh, that's where they get a taste of their own medicine and have yeah. to f- make it function themselves if you were a dinosaur who could speak and move things and build objects why wouldn't you just build a better big world for dinosaurs to live in yeah and keep humans out yeah it doesn't make any sense also it doesn't make sense why their car isn't a dinosaur yeah that's true because like a bus is uh 
elephant, probably. I, yeah. think, I think there's a bus elephant in this ride. Can we agree the settings of the Jetsons and Scooby-Doo do not have the level of detail that Bedrock does? Like, Bedrock, mm-hmm. I feel like a living, breathing place. The Jetsons living situation, interesting. Yeah. But I don't remember. I always remember they always had lots of gadgets that would serve their needs. But George was always fucking up. Like, he would try to do a treadmill, and it would go too fast, and he would eat shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's right? like any of our parents dealing yes. with tech. Yeah. <laughs> I, except not... Rosie. Rosie could. Rosie was good at her job. Rosie is tech. She is tech. But she's also an employee, <laughs> technically. Mm, that kind is Kind of one of the family, like Alice. Yeah. Yeah. Rosie is Alice, for sure. Yeah, like, It's yeah, a very yeah. similar yeah. dynamic. Uh-huh. And she's kind of like the, to go in further back, the character Hazel. Oh. Sort of like a maid with attitude. She right. almost, she kind of sounds like Hazel. Mm-hmm. They were just stealing from each other. This is sure. what they did. <laughs> this is what we did in the old days. <laughs> we stole from each other. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but you end up, they, they, the ride ends in space, space rock. The ride uh, ends in space rock. I mean, the Scooby-Doo segment is fun. There's not as, like I said, not as... Much of a living, breathing world like Bedrock. And also, it's just Scooby and Shaggy. Yeah, none of the yeah. other... No, no Fred, uh, Velma, or Daphne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disappointment if you like eye candy. Or Scrappy-Doo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sadly. And no Most, Great Gazoo. No Great, yeah, certainly no Great Gazoo. Yeah, the character from the Flintstones. Yeah. yeah. Also, all alternate people who could have been mad, like Dick Dastardly, that... That's maybe a plus-up. Yeah. That, all of the left out characters and all of the fan disliked characters all team up together mm-hmm. and and kidnap a different child. <laughs> That's would, fantastic world. What was too. Dick Dastardly's end game abducting that child? Uh, holding him hostage to be the, the star role. of the next until project. Until he got a contract? Until he got like a SAG contract? <laughs> yeah, it was to it was, he was holding out for SAG minimum. Yeah, he wants like okay. $920. Yeah, sure. It, um, it is crazy. Gazoo would have been perfect for this ride because he can make any. He's like Q on Star Trek. He can like make anything happen. Mm-hmm. So like you could really like because this is is as fine as this ride is. It's it's pretty by the numbers. Maybe it's because we've sort of seen versions better now after twenty five years. That's that may be true. Yeah. Like I, like at the time it might have been oh cool we're now in the, this land and we're in this but like it's very like okay now we're in a very sort of boring version of Bedrock and okay now we're here and there's nothing just, like no surprises no fun. Mm-hmm. Story-wise, yeah, you go through like this haunted house and graveyard and Scooby and Shaggy are there and then you get transported to the future somehow or to space, whatever it is. And, but Gazoo, and the whole time Gazoo quipping and transporting you to places quipping. and like changing you into different things. The real hero of this ride, though, is Rosie. Rosie has an extendable arm and she plucks Dick Dastardly and Muttley out of the car. Oh, yeah. And that lets George catch Elroy and then she puts him back in the car. Hmm. And then they uh, plow into an amusement park <laughs> ride vehicle and that are surrounded by police. Mm-hmm. boy we gotta just synopsize the basics of the ride more often because man what a story also and dick dastardly ends up with a wig on his head 
It's boy, what a rough run for him. Yeah. He looks silly I, at the end. He looks so silly with that wig. The, the Jetson scene, insult. I think, visually is very, like, there's a lot of moving pieces in the Jetson mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, and that, that future amusement park is cool, though. Is that a thing from the Jetsons? I don't know. Or do they have to kind of manufacture a new place? They, Probably, have... they would go to anything in, like, it's a gym, but the future. It's a restaurant, but the future. So I'm sure you there was, think. like, the state fair, but the future. Judy went to an amusement park with Jet Screamer? Like, that has to have happened in that episode. I don't know. I'll call Judy my mother. Was constantly going on dates. That's fine. What's wrong Jet with that? Jet Screamer well, one I, day, I, Apollo like, Blue another. You sound like her dad or something. Well, I just, when is she getting her schoolwork done? <laughs> She's fine. She's got straight A's. I thought Elroy was the smart one. Who said Judy wasn't? Judy was smart, too. I mean, I guess they were both. I mean, they, She's well, like if they, hey, let's hope they got Jane's uh, jeans and not, not too many of George. She was, <laughs> George was, George had a good heart. wasn't the brightest one. Mm, you that's know? true. Mm-hmm. Always making Spacely, uh, Mr. Spacely mad. Well, uh, Spacely, uh, he was a tyrant. Yeah, that's true. He was. He was yeah. piece of shit. Yeah, he was like uh, uh, Elon Musk or Bezos or <laughs> like some like a Howard Schultz kind of dumbass. Howard Schultz, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Bloomberg. Spacely. Was there ass. ever a Spacely for president? Hmm. That would have been a good. Oh, I wonder. Yeah. I yeah, and like a predictive mm-hmm. like that with like this move, this thing that was going around of this old TV show that predicted Trump, and the character's name was Trump, and he swindled a town. Uh, like if there was a Spacely episode that predicted everything beat by I'm beat. I'm just going to Google Andy Mr. Griffith Spacely movie. for president. What is that called? There's a dark Andy Griffith movie. Oh, yeah. It's is like it that, face too. Face in the Crowd. Face is the that cr- right? Yeah. Is, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Uh, uh, did you do? I, I didn't know this. Do you know Mr. Spacely's full name? Nope. I don't. Cosmo G. Spacely. Oh, I feel like I did. Now I'm mad. I know, yeah, Cosmo Spacely, of course. Mm-hmm. God damn it. And then the other character was Mr. Cogswell, who owned the other company, who I think was nicer. Mm-hmm. Remember this guy, Mr. Oh, there's a tiny graphic for you guys to look at. Remember this guy? I do remember Cogswell. Mr. He was, Cogswell. The, yeah, he was always smiling. Yeah, he was not like Mr. Spacely, who but was a true Spacely asshole. and Slate are like the same guys. Yes, the 100% the same guy. Yeah. Mr. Slate was Fred's boss. What an interesting construct that was. And it is still in entertainment where it's like, well, if you work in this industry, there's your boss and then there's the rival company. Like there was mm-hmm. always a mm-hmm. Pepsi Coke situation. Yeah. This implied that anyone works for a company or has the luxury of working for <laughs> oh, a company sure. and staying there for more than uh, nine months yeah yeah we're recording this amidst uh, massive layoffs massive media you layoffs. wish any of these buzzfeeds had just the clean simple there's a mean man like slate but hey i've been here for 25 years <laughs> yeah <laughs> not bad work if you can get it yeah yeah boy everybody should be jealous of uh fred fred <laughs> good and honest, good honest living it's a living uh, um, that's this. That's what's going to happen to our generation. We're all going to have to start working as record players oh, for no. richer people. Oh no! We're going to have to bite with records our with our teeth. Our teeth. Oh, <laughs> someone's going to put garbage in my mouth yeah. <laughs> for eight dollars an hour. Um, you're going to be working for Howard Schultz. I'm going to be full j- of garbage of Howard Schultz's garbage. I'm going to be drawn in and out of being for a rich man's amusement. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, you got a no, good job. No, because I start to learn paint at seven months. And then oh, I'm then erased, you, and you have to kill the other to nothing one. Nothing, and I That's right. So will you really be you? Because you're a copy of true. a copy yeah. of a copy of you. Yeah. And Mike, when you you'll eat garbage. <laughs> 
and say it's a living but it won't be as fun as in the cartoon. Like, you'll try to say it. It's uh, and you'll just cough blood because of tin cans scraped up your throat. Um, That's a it's lot not less. as fun as no. in the cartoon. Uh, can I say a, a thing I liked the ending in this ride when like Yogi lands on like a big cushion that says the end. He seems like visibly winded. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm oh, happy for him. He can get comfy. Thanks for joining me here. Like, he's just like so. He's kind of out of it. Like, it's like, oh, I like that. It's this took a this did a number on him. He's gonna yeah. go rest. Are you upset it. that it's a thread left hanging that you don't know whether or not he got the sandwich? Well, I'm just happy he's freed from the the tyrant Ranger Smith. Like Ranger Smith was, was his spacely kind of kind of kind, yeah. not quite the same dynamic because he was always trying to chase him out of the Jellystone National Park. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I I guess Yogi wasn't supposed to be eating those picnic baskets. Right. No, he but was stealing. that Ranger was just like a, a joyless man. If they were, I don't, I didn't see the new Yogi Bear, which is a couple of years old. Did anyone see that? The movie? Yeah. Oh, the it's good. The voices of Dan Aykroyd and, <laughs> and Justin, Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. Yes. It's uh, so good. <laughs> is that, <laughs> it's really good. Movie, movie no, pretty I don't rules, know. Dude. <laughs> movie oh, that could, movie's sick, man. Um, <laughs> could it be, does he still steal picnic baskets? Because I feel like that would be a modern studio note of like, he can't steal the baskets because that makes Yogi a thief, but he could steal the baskets and give to the poor or we have to give... root for. Why are we rooting for Yogi? Mm-hmm. He's that it's theft. What he's committing is theft. Yogi is committing well, theft. The Ranger is Ed, right? Isn't it the guy who played Ed? He's the Am character I... Ed. Yes. From the show. From Ed. the show Ed. And then, of course, uh, and... noted psychopath T.J. Miller. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this podcast goes there. Uh, uh, why not? I don't, Come I don't on. know that there. That, that, that is guy. a big of a swig. Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, even yeah. That's yeah, look. He might admit to such himself. Sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And well, the studio. The note that they did have to take about the picnic baskets is that they had to contain crystal head vodka. Of course. Well, sure. <laughs> it's on his baskets. rider. Did he sound like Dan Aykroyd? Was that guy from Milky Bear? Um, he kind of did a... Boo, boo, boo. I, so he, he did do a voice. He sort of did. Do you think he and Murray ever get together and go, man, we were just a couple of dreamers once, <laughs> just, just running around the streets of New York, high as shit, and now... I'm Yogi and you're uh, Garfield. Garfield. Can you believe it? We really made it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, those characters have brought joy to generations of people. So I hope they're respectful to that. Those intellectual properties. Mm-hmm. I hope they are aware. And if they get together, then then maybe they're having this wistful moment, and then they bump into Amy Poehler, who is, of course, uh, uh, a chipette. One of the chipettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't come up with it. Is she Brittany? Is she Althea? What are their names? I'm bowing out on my cartoon facts. I can't remember. I think as a kid, I was like, this is preposterous. There are the chipmunks and the chipettes. You weren't into the chipettes? I... I know I like the chipettes, just the conceit bothered me as a kid. I was like, so there's three perfect doppelganger, female doppelganger. This is. <laughs> were it only that simple? Were it only that simple? In this simple? world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeanette, Brittany, and Eleanor. 
Okay. I like them as characters, but thinking, think I like the chipmunks and the mm-hmm. chipettes. And I, Dave had a lot on his hands raising three <laughs> chipmunk boys with no, no other, as a single parent. Did, did we ever meet like the chipettes version of Dave? Did they have like a female Dave or were they part of Dave's? Was she in love with Dave? Well, no one was in love with Dave. Oh, that was probably a, the problem. He's in love with his work. He, Who was sadder, Dave or John? John Arbuckle. John Arbuckle. <laughs> I think I think Dave's more aware of being sad, which yeah. is sad in its own right. But John is not self-aware. He doesn't realize what a cruddy life he has. But mm-hmm. also, he gets like a girlfriend, right? Yeah, Dave's got a girlfriend. He got a steady thing John going or Dave? On. Not John. I think John had flames on and off. Yeah, he did, for got, sure. But Dave girls. had to manage those chipmunks' career, too, and that's another headache. Yeah, and that's the scene I'd like to see in the movie is like, do you have any idea the sacrifice I've made for you? I've given up everything. I don't. I haven't. I haven't had sex in twenty years. <laughs> Every day, contracts, booking stadiums, <laughs> getting the rights to cover songs for you to sing because you don't ever write original Driving songs. Driving all night to get to state fairs, <laughs> <laughs> chaperoning then, dates with your exact equivalents. And then there's a scene where the chipmunks are in the room with, and I can't think of the Mike Myers character from the <laughs> Ray Foster. Ray Foster. A bunch of chipmunks <laughs> in a hit band <laughs> teenagers will never bang their heads to a bunch of chipmunks christmas time is here is how many minutes long <laughs> it's a musical opera <laughs> uh, i couldn't go as high as the chipmunks <laughs> yeah. um, well we're great. Uh, we ended up on another the wrong cartoon characters yeah, we ended up with the wrong uh, and we also look there's probably a lot more we could say but i'll be damned if this is the longest episode no, of podcast right? about that doesn't two, make any sense we're about two hours boy well i guess now's the time any uh um hmm well i boy i gotta i gotta say guys i had a fun time i, had a fun I time. sure did i sure <laughs> I did sure did. did i have a good time yes i uh, sure did well two things i want to say well one in terms of a plus up a plus up for a different ride i think they should have done the simpsons like this it should have been CGI Springfield and 2D Simpsons. Yes. I think that would have been very interesting oh, yeah, to yeah. see with 2007-2008 era technology. Agreed. I, I think it's a little weird that there's... I, I get why they did it, but is, wasn't it surprising the first time you went on it when you get up to the top of that hill and like, whoa, what? Yeah, I there's think... CGI. I think... I don't remember if I thought that... It, it looks like the uh, Treehouse of Horror episode where they're computer mm-hmm. or comer is at least computer animated all oh, right yeah yeah so like i kind of thought that. about that but then it's like yeah seeing them that way the whole time mm-hmm. i get that they're thinking like oh three dimensions makes you feel more like you're in it but it doesn't it really doesn't. yeah as long as the background kind of has some dimension to it i feel like here's my other thing that makes fantastic world of hanna-barbera stand out from all other theme park rides when this ride closed Paramount Parks got the license to run it in their parks. Oh, right. So this showed up in other parks. Uh, uh, Canada's y- Wonderland. Canada's Wonderland and and the other Paramount Parks. And then when that license expired, it was just replaced with SpongeBob SquarePants 4D. The film also showed at Kentucky Kingdom with its original name, the park at moa uh under the name yogi's big rescue and for one what a diss to the other characters yeah. they just make it yogi's thing and then it showed up pigeon forge tennessee baby dollywood under wow. the name yogi's wild ride hey. 2007 wow. 
2007. 2007. Damn, that's <laughs> a late arrival. <laughs> For a while. Wow. I and think that's... 2009 was when the Paramount Parks kind of got stripped of all the Paramount and other licensed stuff. Huh. Universal's trash is Dollywood's treasure. Treasure. Yeah. Hey. Uh, all I would say is I want to re- underline how much I love the Great Kazoo. <laughs> and I want him in yeah. more media. Get him in there. Uh, okay. My, my plus up is just that you get to the next land you get or you get to the next room you get into the vehicle and the screen comes on and it's hannah and barbara again (laughs) and they say just kidding you're just gonna watch us eat our lunch (laughs) and then they're silent for Mm -hmm. a minute and a half and then finally like boy this horseradish tastes good (laughs) it sure does we've been eating horseradish since 1962 horseradish and sardines on rye is there a better lunch i ain't found it yet i sure ain't and then i'll make you happy mike and the great kazoo can show up and they're like no, hey, can't you see we're eating? We <laughs> then, sure are. And then he goes away. Oh, sorry. Oh. Mm, keep eating your slop, dum dums. <laughs> um, all right, you survived podcast the ride. That was a blast. Uh, thanks for joining this us on this fantastic episode. And there's a whole new world of fantastic content over on the Second Gate patreoncom slash the Ride. Uh, and uh, check us yeah. out on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, hey, Reddit. We got the somebody set up the Reddit for yeah, us. Yeah, uh, Reddit.com slash r slash podcast the ride and our reddit is still nice and it's fun i think i think no one's being a monster on there yet no division so Facebook group too also very nice um, i would say let's do this fun thing we were talking about this uh rate and review us on the apple podcasts but let's do a little fun thing once you obviously give us five stars because that's the quality of this uh also if you were making a a, a character uh what kind of neckwear would you put on them <laughs> to make it easier on the animators to make so the old men draw you better would it be a scarf would it be a stethoscope maybe it's a doctor character of some kind you tell us in the apple podcasts in the comment section so say five stars great podcast i would add uh you know a dicky like big bird wears when he's dressed up five stars oh, great yeah info always accurate they remember their cartoon character names perfectly mm-hmm. and i'm a boa man yes yeah, great and uh if we didn't touch on any hanna-barbera characters obscure ones or popular ones that are your favorites uh i'm gonna say this uh tweet them at us because i am so cute now i'm worried i'm gonna spend the next seven days just going down Hanna-Barbera wormholes and I would like some assistance of finding oddball Hanna-Barbera and, stuff. And there might be a big, I am worried there's a big one that we missed, but we'll find, we'll talk about it later. Maybe we haven't done one there's, of these lost and found episodes. Maybe we'll cover yeah. some of your favorites. There's a lot more Hanna-Barbera theme park stuff. Like once just mm-hmm. crawling around, like you'd find little things and I don't know if I were to go down that rabbit hole how much there is, but just there, this, the Flintstones yeah. thing that closed like in the last couple days is this weird roadside attraction thing that was around for 50 years and there's got to be something in there like yeah. we'll, we'll we'll touch up on this again probably what I'm rats and raccoons in there yeah or there will sure. be soon that's all that'll be there soon and enough. they love to eat that trash <laughs> <laughs> they don't need it it's, need it, it for, is for a, a living job. for them it's a pleasure it's a, it's <laughs> a pleasure it sure is <laughs> thanks for listening folks forever dog this has been a forever dog production Executive produced by Mike Carlson, 
Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.